So um, let's go into the subject of the day. The authority of a believer. It's a good thing my dog is here. Maybe I can preach with him. Let me just tilt my chair a bit so you can see his head. This is it. I want to show you something. I want to show you something about authority. That's Cooper there, right? I want to show you how authority works. I know that most of you think it has to be a very complex subject. Watch, watch. Cooper, down, down, down. He's down. Can you see he's sitting? Can you guys see he's sitting? I, I can't, let me just, let me just do this. Can you see he's sitting? Yes, we can. All right. All right, Cooper, come, come. So he's going under my leg. I can't, um, he's, he's in a dark corner. He's trying to climb. Oh yeah, sit. He was trying to jump on my leg just now. What am I trying to say? He's listening to my words. The tone of my words is also ingrained in him. So if I say, if I say, for instance, if I say Cooper sit, he may or may not listen. If I say Cooper sit, he may or may not listen. Hello, Duchess. <laughs> All right. He may or may not listen. Sorry, I was supposed to be recording this with my attention to the team. Okay, so good. What was I saying? What was the topic? Um, the authority of the believer. I was showing you earlier on how my dog listens to me. He was climbing my body just now. Um, and then I had to say, Cooper, down. And then he went, he left my, he left my, he left trying to climb my body to go down to the floor and then he sat, even though I did not necessarily tell him to sit, but he sat, right? And then later on, I showed you guys by telling him to come. And then he came walking around my leg. He, he wanted to climb my body again, but I didn't let him climb it. So he's listening to my instruction. Why? Because I have authority over him. Now, he's a dog. He can bite. The truth is, if he decides to attack me, he will probably injure me. Maybe because he's not that big. He'll probably injure me. But the bigger he is, the more he will be able to overpower me. Right? But because I am an authority figure over him, please listen carefully. I'm using very simple things to explain how this thing works. Because I am an authority figure over him, he has no choice but to listen. If he does not listen, there is a punishment that goes with it. There is a wrath, W-R-A-T-H. There is a wrath that goes with it. So we were walking today, this morning, I was walking him for his, um, for his toilet stuff um, so that he could poo and pee because he doesn't do that in the house. Same thing. The authority I have over him instructs him not to do that in the house. So he waits in the morning and he waits at night for me to take him out to do his thing. So we went out this morning and we went around the estate. Sometimes I use that time to meditate too, to just think, to just clear my thoughts. 
and we walked around the estates. On our way back, when we got to the second bend, that's the bend that brings you back home, my dog, Cooper, started to run ahead of me. And I don't like to leash him because I'm training him to learn to listen to my words instead of the in, instead of the instead of instead of always having a leash to hold him back. Um, um, and there is a message from this that I'm saying because we are not governed by the law. The Bible tells us we're not led by the law, right? We are led by grace. We are guided by grace. What is that grace? The Holy Spirit living in us. That's the spirit of Christ living in us, guiding us, telling us this is the way to go, walk therein, right? That's how we're meant to be led. We're not meant to be led by rules and regulations. We're meant to be led by the Holy Spirit. Side, side digression. Someone was telling me that, aren't we meant to be, isn't this meant to be teamwork? And... I, I said, I understand what you're saying, teamwork, but uh, th th this person belongs to a group, belongs to a group. And in the group, they were not being cohesive, right? And so she felt the need to just leave. And so she said, aren't we meant to have like a teamwork in the group? And I said, I understand what you're saying, but the truth is there is nowhere in scripture Jesus talked about teamwork, nowhere. He didn't come up with all this philosophies that we like to carry and we've carried it into the church i'm not saying teamwork is bad um, i think another person there was another person i was having a conversation with i'm digressing but i'm going somewhere with this please there's another person i was having that same conversation with and the person said um, um the person raised the same subject teamwork another another person entirely not not related to this first person but i then brought it up again i said no that if we are all of one spirit, if we're all being led by the Holy Spirit, teamwork should come naturally to us because we're of one mind. Jesus would often say, my father and I are one. He wasn't saying we're doing teamwork. No, he's saying we're one because we feed off the same spirit. We are led by the same spirit. So whatever my father does is what I will do. Whatever I do is what my father, is. It's, we're mirroring ourselves. So it's the same thing with us. It's the same thing with us and Christ. We're not supposed to be, we're, we, are, we are supposed to be programmed by the spirit of God. Now I said, now, if you're dealing with the children of the world, yeah, you can talk about teamwork because they're not of the same spirit with you. So you can, you can talk about um, um, teamwork and all those things. But when it comes to the body of Christ, there's no need to be talking about teamwork because we're all supposed to be one. In fact, if we're talking about teamwork, then there's a problem. It means we're not one. It means we're not being led by the same spirit. So now, why did I bring up this part? There is something called being submissive to the will of God. Now, you cannot be submissive to the will of God if you're not being regulated by the Holy Spirit. Now, being regulated by the Holy Spirit means you're under the authority of the Holy Spirit. I know you guys are expecting me to get to the part where you're casting demons and all that stuff, all that part. No. For me, I, from, before I get to that point, <laughs> Duchess is already smiling because she knows she's eager to see what is that casting out demons, right? All right. Now, the reason why I'm explaining authority 
before I get to demons is because you need to understand how authority works. Authority means that there is something higher and the one that is lesser must obey what is higher. It must obey what is higher. If it doesn't obey what is higher, there is a penalty for that. There is a penalty for that. So back to my dog. We had taken the bend around the estate and then he just left me. He broke free from walking beside me and started to do his own thing. And then he started to go ahead. No matter how many times I called him back, he refused to come. So I picked up, um, I saw a small steep branch. And then he went into an S, he went into one of these uncompleted buildings to chase some fowls. There are some Malams and some Aboki people who live in that estate. And so in that in that building, and so this he started to cause commotion in there. So I immediately called his name, but there was, I mean, I shouted his name, Cooper. And then he's listening to me. He thinks I'm calling him. All right, sit, sit, sit. Yeah, all right. So I shouted his name. Then he came out. He ran out because he knew that the tone of my voice was a voice that I did not approve of what he was doing. So he ran out and he was being cautious around me like, oh, I know I have misbehaved. And then the stick I had was one of those things. I used to whip him in his butt, right? The stick was not enough to hurt him. It was just the it was just the thought that I am against him that made him um, become sober and he distanced himself from me. So he knew that not obeying me there was a penalty for not obeying me. So when we talk about the wrath of God, when we talk about the wrath of God. The wrath of God comes because he has authority over the earth. Over someone, some people go like, why does um, 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 someone even ask me, can God kill someone? I said, yes, he can because he, he gave life. So he can take it. He can take it. The, the Bible actually said it pleased God to, it pleased God that Jesus should be crucified on the cross. That's what the Bible said. It pleased God. God was happy that Jesus should be crucified on the cross. There's a reason for that, though, uh, because it meant that uh, if Jesus was crucified on the cross, there's salvation for us. So he was happy to bring salvation to us. Not that he was happy to, to, to have Jesus die on the cross, but that's not our subject altogether. So it pleased God to crucify Jesus, that Jesus should be crucified on the cross. So um, God is not afraid. God is not afraid to kill somebody. It's, he gave life. He can take it away. It's not a big deal. But the reason why he can take life is because he has authority over life. Now, you and I cannot take somebody's life. We don't have the authority to do that unless God says, go and do that. Unless God says, for instance, he gave the instruction to Saul that he should go to a particular village. I can't remember the, city, the, the people right now. And he said, keep everything, kill everything. You see that? It was an instruction. The instruction came through Samuel. Was an instruction. Saul went and killed everything because God gave him authority to do that. But he came back with um, animals, with um, sheep. Was it goat or sheep? I need to read that story again. He came back with animals. So he killed the human beings, killed everything, but he left the animals. He spared the animals because he said he wanted to bring it back to worship the Lord. And that's where Samuel told him to obey is better than sacrifice. To obey is better than sacrifice. 
So when God, when, when an authority figure speaks, what is supposed to happen is obedience. If you don't understand what authority is, you will not understand your position over principalities and powers, over demons and all that. You will not understand it. Please pay, write that somewhere. Write that somewhere if you can. Or keep it to your memory. This thing is being recorded, so come back and listen to it again. Right? If you don't understand how authority functions, you will not be able to wield it. You will not be able to wield it. So that's why I'm taking my time to lay this thing concerning authority. So my dog is about to walk out of the out of this room. If I call him, he will come back. He's meant to come back. But what we did at our walk this morning, he walked away. I called him, called him, called him. He refused to come back. So there was a penalty for not obeying my instruction. I haven't called him, but he just came back again. Funny enough. I, I didn't call him back, but he just came back. He knows that I'm he's somehow, he's somehow talking about him. So he, let me just show you what he's doing so you understand. For those of you on Zoom, you may not be able to see this. That's his face. He's, he's paying attention to me. Because even though I'm not mentioning his name, he's conscious, he's conscious that I'm talking about him. For those of you on Instagram, rather, I, 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 I'm able to show you. So he's in, he's conscious, he's actually sitting now and he's listening, right? This is how we are supposed to be with God. Sit down, I'm listening, Lord, I'm paying attention. What's your instruction? I need to obey. Authority starts from a top, then it begins to go down, it begins to cascade down. So, for instance, who's the highest authority figure in our land in Nigeria? It's the president. He's the highest authority figure. But where is he getting his authority from? He's getting his authority from what? Who wants to guess? Who wants to guess, rather? Where is the president getting his authority from? Try, try. The constitution. the constitution. Someone said something. Maybe the from constitution. the constitution. Thank you. No, he's getting his. He's not. Uh, someone said God. No, not God. He's getting his, his from the constitution. And you know the interesting thing: if you study our constitution, you would see certain things in there, and you go like, "Wait a minute." Don't kill, don't steal. Um, there's a penalty for that and all those things like that, right? Where's all that coming from? Wait a minute. It's coming from some people. Some people wrote this thing down many years ago. And the president we elected is subject to that constitution that was written by some people many years ago. Those people, where did they get it from? They probably got someone like you and I who are believers. And we started to think to ourselves, if, if we were, um, how do I put it? If we were, if we were to have a set of laws and rules that will guide us as a nation, what should it be? So Stonesis would sit in that meeting and go like, God, give me wisdom on what should be drafted into this constitution. And so I now write my own recommendations and I submit to the, to the Senate right? Other people submit theirs and 
all debate, 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 then we, we decide what should go into the constitution. And then it goes into the constitution. What goes into the constitution now governs, what goes into the constitution now has authority over you and I, over every single one of us. We now become bound by that constitution. However, when it comes to spiritual things, not just spiritual things, even the laws of nature, everything, when it comes to this subject, we are governed by the constitution of heaven. We are governed by the constitution of heaven. Please note that part down. When we read the Bible, the scriptures, we are taking a peek into things that are in the heavens. And we're trying to say, okay, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your, pardon, pardon, my, pardon my, my explanation, let your constitutional will as it is in heaven, let it be done on earth. Let it be done in my life. Whatever you've written about me, let it be done over my soul. Whatever you've written about Nigeria, let it be done over Nigeria. Every time we prophesy, every time we speak a word as it is from God, we are saying, God, your will, let it be done on earth. Let it be done on earth. But people who are governed by the flesh, they resist that authority. People who are governed, every time you allow yourself to be ruled by the flesh, you are resisting that authority. So authority comes from on high. The highest authority in all of creation is actually God. Right? That's the highest authority. There is no supreme being after that. There's no authority after that. Now, when in an authority, or oh, let, let me not let me not go in that direction. I'll come back there. Let's come back to carnal things, human things. When a policeman, so the way my dog listens to me, and then if he doesn't obey, there is a penalty. Let's leave animals now. Let's come to human beings, right? Um, for those of you on Instagram, we're talking about authority of the believer. Let's talk about human beings right now. You see these road traffic waters, these road traffic uh, marshals, right? The, the policemen that control traffic on, on, uh, on different streets and different roads, right? When he wears a uniform and stands on that road as a policeman, please, please listen to this part. It's very important because this is how the Holy Spirit explained it to me. When he explained it to me this way, I was able to break a number of addictions some years ago, right? I was able to break an addiction. Why? The addiction it was, I, I, give, I gave you guys my testimony sometime of, of addiction to porn and masturbation. This was how he was able to help me understand authority. He said, to them that believe, I gave authority. Some translations say power on authority. Please, can someone bring out the scripture and put it in the chat, please? He said, to them that believe, I gave authority to become sons of God. So when he said that, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean there is something I am meant to become 
but I'm not becoming it because I am not exercising authority over it. I was like, no way. So I am the problem. It's not the addiction that is the problem. It's not the temptations. It's not, it's not, the, it's not the enemy that is the problem. It is me that is the problem. Wow. And so I was like, okay. So it was like, it was like gears shifted in my head. Gears shifted. Thank you so much, Lady, o Lady Obi. Thank you so much. It says, um, but to... But to as many as did receive and welcome him, he, that's Jesus, um, John, John the, John the disciple is speaking here. He said, as many as did receive and welcome Jesus, him, into their lives, he gave authority, in brackets, power, privilege, and the right to become children of God. That is, to those who believe in, adhere to, trust in, and rely on his name. I will still come back to what is the relationship between the name and authority. I will still come back there, right? I hope you guys are, I hope I've not lost anybody. I'm taking it step by step, layers by layers, just to romance it well enough for us to understand, right? So there is something I am meant to become but I'm not becoming it because I am not exercising the authority. So I believe in Jesus. Yeah, but a question, please. Um, um, we'll come back to the question. Just note your questions, please. Note your questions, please. We'll come back there. Just let me lay this point down. Um, I'm just going to use an hour. Um, I would think we started around 8.40. Sorry, 7.40. So I use an hour to explain this thing called authority. Then I'll finish up by... How you exercise authority over spirits, spirit beings, uh, demons, and all that stuff, right? So this same authority allowed me to break an addiction. And it was this scripture that he, he drew my attention to. Because he said, look, I have dealt with this thing a long time ago, right? I've dealt with this thing a long, that's what he told me. I've dealt with this thing a long time ago. Actually, I wrote it in my journal. I used to have a lot of journals. I used to write a lot of journals growing up. So I wrote it in my journal. I think I was, it was, it was as far back as 2010. The day he said it, I wrote it there, but I did not remember. It was a few months after he addressed it. That is when I saw, I eventually was just going through my journals from the past and I saw it right there. So he was saying that, look, I have dealt with this thing a long time ago. The problem is you are refusing to exercise authority over it. So he was saying, you're supposed to exercise authority over your temptations. So when you're tempted, exercise authority over it. You rebuke the thoughts. You rebuke all these things. Every imagination that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Someone please bring out that scripture for me. Paul was talking about every imagination that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Um, the first scripture we read for those of you on Instagram was John chapter 1 verse 12. Right? We'll still come back to the, to the anchor text, which is in Mark, we'll still come back there. So, he said, you're just refusing to exercise authority over it. So I was the problem. Christ was not the problem. The demons were not the problem. The temptations were not the problem. The, you just name it, every other thing was not the problem. I was the problem. But I talked about a policeman wearing a uniform. So he now went a step further. He said, authority is like a policeman wearing a uniform and stepping onto the express. This is what I mean, the express, the express. I'm not saying 
your streets. I'm saying the express, the highway. The policeman stepping in there and raising his hands and saying, stop, telling all the vehicles to stop. I want to ask us a question. In an ideal situation, what should happen? Should the cars stop or should the cars not stop? If a policeman or someone in the army, someone in a, someone in a military uniform, someone says stop, right? Yes, it should stop. That, now, now, it's not them, the cars, the vehicles, the, the vehicles and all of them, in, no matter how many they are, they should all stop, but they are not responding to the person, the human being there. They're responding to the uniform of that person because that uniform carries authority. Now, the cars are obviously stronger than the person. The trucks, they will crush, they will crush the policeman. The, the caterpillars, they would, they would all crush. They, would all, they, they are more powerful than the policeman, right? They're all powerful than the policeman. Thank you so much. Oh my God. Oh, a friend, a friend I have not chatted with just posted something in a very long time. And she's been on my mind. I'll, I'll, I will get I will get through to you. All right. Okay, good. So yes, the the the, the cars, the trucks, the caterpillar, and everything, right? Um, they they are meant. They are meant to respond to that lifting of the hand that said, stop, stop. It's not because the policeman is more powerful than the cars. It's because of that authority, that uniform he or she is wearing. So how does this all meet up? The Bible says, put on Christ, put on Christ. So when you put on Christ, you put on Christ as a garment, when you welcome Christ, when you put on Christ, it is not you that the demons are responding to. It is Christ at work in you. I hope you understand this. I hope you understand this. Please someone bring out the scripture that says, put on Christ. Um, it was Paul that was speaking, I think. Put on Christ. Yes. Galatians chapter. Uh, there, there are two places. There, there are quite a number of places, not just two. There is Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, and then Romans chapter 13, verse 14. Let me just read the two of them. Um, Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. Let me read the amplified version. I'm reading from the Bible, Bible Hub. I want to read the Amplified Version. I was so happy when they included Amplified Bible in Bible Hub. I was just like, yes. Okay, so it goes, it says, Galatians chapter 3, verse 27 says, For all of you who were baptized into Christ, into a spiritual union with Christ, the anointed, have clothed yourselves with Christ. That is, you have taken on his characteristics and values. That is so beautiful. So, so beautiful. See why I like the Amplified Bible? <laughs> All right. It says, if I'm not studying the Amplified Bible, I'm studying the strong Concordance. I just go straight to the Greek or the Hebrew words, right? But Amplified makes it very fast for me. So he says, let me read that again. Galatians chapter 3, verse 25, verse 27 says, For all of you who were baptized into Christ, into spiritual 
to our oneness. Remember, I talked about teamwork earlier on, that union. I said, I said, for those of you just joining, I said, if you have the world, you'd be talking teamwork, teamwork, teamwork. But when you're in Christ, you don't need to talk teamwork. You are you have one spirit. You have one spirit. In fact, if you're talking about teamwork, if you're in the body of Christ and you're still talking about teamwork, it's because you don't understand what you've been brought into. If you understand what you've been brought into, it's like telepathy. You just know what that person needs. You're not thinking, you don't have to be motivated by teamwork. You're just thinking because you have one spirit, right? So it goes on, you'll be brought into union, baptized. The word baptized means to be placed into something. Placed into something. Maybe like, actually the word is, the Greek, the Greek meaning is, the Greeks have a way of making vegetables softer. You know, when you want to eat salad, and you don't want to use cream and all that stuff, and you just want to eat raw salad. Sometimes people people boil it, just throw it into hot water so that it becomes softer, right? In 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 biology, if I remember my biology very well, um, plants plants have something called cellulose. It's like a thick it's like a thick layer around their cells. It makes their cells turgid or strong. So when you introduce the plant into hot water. It breaks up some of those, some of that strength. It makes it softer. So it's like parboiling your vegetables. For those of you who are cooks, I guess you probably know better than better than me on this subject. Uh, so it breaks that. That that breaking, that that introducing into hot water, so that it breaks up apart and allows um, the the vegetable to be easily digested, is is the real meaning of the word baptizo. That's to be baptized, to be placed into Christ. You cease to exist. You become one with Christ. You diffuse into Christ. Christ digests you. Christ consumes you. Christ overwhelms you so in such a way that when people interact with you, they no longer see you. They see a form of godliness. They see God at work in you. They see Christ at work in you. This is a thing. This is not a metaphor. This is actually a thing. It's actually a thing. So the scripture goes on. It says, into a spiritual union with Christ, the anointed one. So the anointed one, that means the anointing still flows to you, right? That's why we're anointed. Then it now goes on and says, have, um, those of you have clothed yourselves with Christ. That is, you have taken on his characteristics and values. So when you become one like that with Christ, let me read the other one, please. Let me read uh, before I go on and explain further. Let me read. Let's see what Romans 13 verse 14 says. Let me start from Romans 13, 13. It says, it says, let us behave decently as in, as in the time, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Instead, Instead, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the desires of the flesh. So this was, this was a similar scripture. I've never read this before in this light. But this was a similar scripture when I, when I was talking about breaking my addiction, the addiction that I had, right? Breaking that addiction. He was literally saying, clothe yourself with Christ. Let, let, let the fact that you are one with Christ show. When you wear, when you wear an outfit, it shows. People go, oh, your outfit is so nice. It's so beautiful. So, so, so in the spiritual, in the spiritual, in the spiritual, 
put on Christ, put on the right clothes, so that when the entities see you, when the spiritual entities, whether it's angels, demons, finesses, your, 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 your brothers and sisters in the Lord, when they see you, they go like, oh man, you're beautifully clothed, you're wearing the right outfit, you're dressed for the occasion. Same thing, when a policeman wears his uniform, when a policeman wears his uniform, he's putting on that authority so that he can do the work he has been called to do. He can do the work he has been called to do. What is his work? To direct traffic, to say, go in that direction or to give orders, if it's in the military, it's to give orders. Go in that direction, go in that direction. So sometimes, sometimes in the army, um, when people are at war, generals have to wear the right kind of badges. Um, um, uh, uh, maybe another example I can give is when two armies are at war, right? The person that does not wear uniform, that one is a civilian. That one is the most vulnerable. But as long as they both wear their uniforms, they're able to identify who is who, right? Otherwise, you will be killing, that the soldier will be killing his own people if they are not wearing the right uniform. Right? So the uniform helps them identify one another. But also that uniform tells you the authority that each person carries. So when you look at the enemy's camp, by their uniforms, by the differences, by the little differences in their uniforms, you can tell who is the general and who's not the general. You can tell who's a colonel, you can tell who's a sergeant, you can tell, you can, you can tell their ranks. Now their ranks also tell you, tell you the level of authority that each one of them carry. Their ranks. The same thing applies in the spiritual. We are all in Christ, but we are not all on the same ranks. We are all in Christ. We are all drafted into. Some of us are. Um, some of us are in the barracks, being trained to join the army, right? But we are all drafted into the army. We're all drafted into the army. But some are much more highly ranked than others. Um, so some of you know that I'm supposed to have a prophetic word to give concerning the body of Christ. I'm going to be addressing people that are even higher in a ranking than I am. But my addressing them is not because I have arrived at that rank. No, my addressing them is simply because I have been sent by a higher authority. To address them. Do you understand? So there are ranks. There are ranks. Because I am given a prophet. Okay, in the Bible, in the Bible, there is the story of Eli. If you remember the story of Eli, you remember that a man of God was sent to come and give him a message about, about what God was going to do to his family. In other words, the man of God came to give a, a letter of notification. I don't know how it works in the legal. I was asking a friend yesterday, and she, uh, last night, and she was describing it to me how it works. So, but what I what I received in the spirit was, it's like a lawyer coming to deliver a letter to, okay, someone called it a subpoena. All right, oh, yeah, she called it a subpoena. I, I have heard that word before. I I would I hope you can educate me more on that. All right. Okay, so you said you think, or you're not sure yourself. Please check and be sure and just let us know, right? So what I received in the spirit is that you're being sent by a courthouse. So the courthouse has authority. 
So I'm, I'm carrying that authority as a letter to deliver as a prophet to the body of Christ. They don't know me. I don't know them, right? These people do not know me. I don't know them. But and, and they don't need to know me. I just need to deliver the message. Now, in the, in the story of Eli, the Bible says a man of God. There are only two places. I think there are two places in the Bible where the word, the word was used, a man of God. Um, it was for that individual. Nobody knows who he was. They just said a man of God showed up to Eli and gave Eli the word, what, what the Lord had said, the judgments that the Lord was giving concerning Eli. And Eli said, okay, no problem. If that's what the Lord wants to do, let him do it. Another person that was called a man of God was Timothy. Paul called Timothy a man of God. Okay, so moving on. Now, that man of God that came to tell Eli the instruction from God is not claiming that he's higher than Eli. Eli was the judge over Israel. Eli was the prophet over Israel. He was highly placed. He had the highest ranks. He had the highest spiritual rank in, 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 in Israel, in the land of Israel. But yet God sent a man of God. God sent a man of God, right? <laughs> to come tell him what heaven has agreed, what the courts of heaven has agreed concerning the destiny of Eli because of certain things he had done, right? I, I use that example to explain that um, authority does not necessarily mean um, authority can shift, it can, it, can, it can bypass you and go to someone else and then that person is given the authority to do what they have to do, right? So for instance, um, the president can decide to call me directly. The president of Nigeria can decide to call me directly and give me the authority to do something, right? And the army would probably have to listen to me. The president can do that, right? Because the army itself, the army itself is under the control of the president. So I may not be a general, I may not be uh, a major, I may not be whatever, whatever, but in fact, I may not even be wearing a uniform, right? I may not be wearing a uniform, but if I can authenticate that I have been sent by someone who's higher than all of them, they will have no option but to listen to me. Why am I taking all these funny, funny examples to explain all these things? When you're in Christ, when you're in Christ, there is a certain level of authority that is given to you. It's a right. It's your right. There's an authority that allows you break yokes and bondages. There's an, as an authority that allows you speak against curses over your family. There's an authority that allows you speak, speak in the life of another person. So let, let me give another example. Let me give another example of authority, how authority works. If some of you are married, some of you are married. I'll use marriage and I'll use father, I'll be parents and children, right? Who do you think, who do you think ideally, ideally, huh? according to how God may have arranged, I don't want to give exposure, I'm using the word may, according to how God may have arranged authority, who do you think has more authority over a spouse? Is it the spouse, or if the spouse comes to say to Sunesis, Sunesis, pray for me now, pray for me. Some of you do that a lot. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit 
mixed feelings. Sometimes I, I know I want to pray. Sometimes I'm just like, why do I have to pray for you? Right? But anyway, so who do you think has more authority? Me that is not married to this person or the husband over that person. Who do you think has more authority? The husband. It's just common sense. It's the husband, right? Why? Because God has given that authority to that person. The wife. Yes, husband or wife. Husband or wife, whichever one, right? Um, there was a man that I had to tell. I had to tell the man. I said, do you know that if you pray for your wife, I just used it proverbially, pro, like a proverb, like, like sorry, like, uh, like uh, yeah, like, like a metaphor. I used it like a metaphor. I said, do you know that if you pray for your wife for five minutes, it will have more impact than me if I prayed an hour for your for her. I said, the reason is because you have authority over her. That's the reason. So stop trying to delegate, um, um, stop to, to outsource your authority. Someone, someone said, I should say that once again. Okay. When you have a husband and a wife, right? And then one of them says, Ah, let's go and meet. Let's go and meet Sunesis so that he can pray for us. Maybe, um, maybe, maybe the wife is not pregnant, right? Maybe the wife needs a needs the fruit of the womb, right? And they say, "Oh, let's go and meet Sunesis so that he can pray for us." I'm, I'm using this, this. This didn't happen. I'm just using an example, right? So then they now come to me. I now looked at the husband. I now said. You didn't need to come to me. You carry God's grace. If I pray for your wife for one hour, sorry, if you pray for your wife for five minutes and I pray for one hour for her, you will make more progress than I make. Than I make. Why? Because you have a legal authority because you are your wife's husband. So God will, God will, God will, God will listen more to you. God will pay more attention to you because you have a legal standing as the husband of the wife. Am I communicating? Am I communicating? I'm using multiple ways to explain how authority works. Right? I, I, I am not, I am, I, as, a, as a person, I only have authority over those people God has given me authority over. I'm talking about people now. I'm not talking about demons. I'm talking about people as a whole, right? So I can't just go to Ghana and say, oh, this is a prophet. I start prophesying over Ghana. No, no. There are hierarchies. There are orders. There are orders. That's O-R-D-E-R. -E there are orders. There are ranks. There are things that have happened in Ghana that I, may, I, I don't have knowledge about. So for me to go and exercise spiritual authority over Ghana, I must receive information from an authority higher than the authorities combined in Ghana. That means God must have sent me. God can say, like the way he sent Jonah to Nineveh. Nineveh was not Israel, by the way. You know that, right? Nineveh was a Gentile nation. So like the way God sent Jonah to Nineveh, God gave Jonah the authority to go and speak over Nineveh. So I know that sometimes some of you just wake up and you just go like, 
we are praying in my country, in my church, we are praying over different nations. Okay, today we are praying over this nation. Today we are, we are praying over that nation. No, no, that's not how it works. You don't just go and start running your mouth. You need to understand. If you want to pray over a nation, you, you have to tell God, God, what is your what is your ins, what, what what is your take on this nation, or what is your take? It's not just nation. It's families. It's families. People. It's people. Families. Anybody. You know, you don't just exercise authority over that person. You have to know what is legally allowed concerning that situation, that person. This is a controversial statement I'm about to make, right? I know that some, some, some people without spiritual understanding will take me on on this, right? Um, you can't just go to there are some countries, there are some people, there are some individuals, there are some geographical locations that because of the spiritual activity that has happened in those places or in those lives, there is a curse over those places. God allowed that curse to be upon that place. You can't just go there, you, you can't just go there and say, I remove the curse or I remove the curse. You can't just go there and do that. No, you can't. Because that curse has a legal right to be there. Now, it is the mercy of God that can lift that curse. And how do you access the mercy of God? You come boldly to the throne of grace and receive mercy, right? You have to come in to receive mercy. You have to come in. Okay, someone says, John Ramirez says this all the time. Interesting, yeah. You can't just go about, say, because you are, you are called in Christ. You can't just go about saying, I want to cast out everybody, cast out everybody. Some people, they are legally bound. They are legally bound. The only thing that can help them is they have to cry out, Lord, have mercy on me. They have to cry out, Lord, have mercy on me. Then God is a merciful judge. God is a merciful judge. So he takes over and then he gives that person deliverance. As many as welcomed Jesus, he gave the authority, he gave the right to be set free. So that's how authority works in the spiritual. One more point I need to raise. Someone said, um, um, someone, can someone bring out the scripture for me um, that talks about, sorry, hold on, please. Yes. So back to the back to the um, um, authority. So authority requires authority has ranks. There are levels, right? You go from from authority to authority, from authority to authority. So as you progress in Christ, the more you progress in Christ, the more your authority um, um, extends. The, the 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 higher it gets. So remember, I said we're all being drafted into the military, right? We're all being drafted into the military. This is a spiritual military. So as we learn to obey God and walk in him and execute and do well, we do a good job walking with God, our ranks begin to grow higher, right? Now they are basic, they're, 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 there's, they're, there's like a foundational authority. Um, someone says authority has been so abused. We have lost the power behind being under authority or having other, another authority. Yes, actually, yes, yes. You know, the devil just capitalized on it, but we, we, we can go on. Um, so as we learn obedience, as we learn to serve, as we learn to function under God's authority, 
This is why I keep stressing that it's important that you learn to hear and obey God. Let me give you, let me, let me, let me, let me simulate that with myself. If the Lord tells you it is time to leave Joseph's and Daniel's, don't feel like you owe me, oh, Sunesis has been so nice to me, da 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 da, and everything. Nah, it's, it's, it is important that you obey. The scripture, um, somewhere in the book of Acts, somewhere it says, the Holy Spirit told the, told, told the people in the book of Acts, the church in Acts, it's come to me, Paul and Barnabas. Separate, separate. If the Lord is telling you leave this place, He's not saying He's not saying that place is bad. He's just saying it's time to move on to other responsibilities. Move. So as you obey God, as you obey God, there is an authority that backs it. There's an authority, right? There's an authority. Fun fact. There's a lovely story I love I like, I, in the in the Bible. I like to use a lot. Um, it has to do with demons, though. But we still I will still touch on demons proper proper later on, towards the end. I think we're having just a few more minutes to go. Towards the end, maybe like the last five minutes, I'll talk about demons, authority over demons. Now, um, called the seven sons of Sceva in the Bible, right? Um, please, can someone bring it out? The seven sons of Sceva. Just Google it, uh, just bring it out and put it in the chats so that every other person can read it. I don't want to read it, but I'll just tell you the full story. The story had to do with Sceva and his seven sons. They went about casting demons from people, right? Um, they were trying to exercise their own spiritual authority. They were, they were trying to exercise battle. Please, thank you so much, Tochuku. Please look for the verse that talks about um, Jesus we know, Paul we know, who are you, Right? Look for that particular verse. Okay, I think it's not too long. We can still read it. So as I'm talking, those of you in Zoom, please read it. For those of you on Instagram, I'll just tell you the story. So seven sons of Skiva. Um, um, Skiva was a, um, the, this Skiva guy was a Jewish chief priest. So you see, he was a, he was a high ranking religious person. So he assumed that he had the spiritual authority to be able to do, to be able to cast out these things. So anyway, one day, him and his sons went on their exorcism campaign. And they were trying to cast out this demon from a particular person. They tried, tried, tried. After, I think after a few days, verse 15, right? So yeah, after a few days, let me just read from here. It says, um, um, after a few days, a spirit, one of the evil spirits, but one, let me just start from here, it says, but one evil spirit retorted. So it looked like there were a number of spirits inside that person. It says, but one evil spirit retorted. Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. I will explain this who are you part in a lot more detailed. The verse goes on and says, or the verses go on and say, the man in whom the evil spirit dwelt leaped upon them, mastering two of them and was so violent against them that they dashed out of that house in fear, stripped naked and wounded. This became known to all who lived in Ephesus. Ephesus is like saying to all lived in, to all who lived in Lekki, right? And Ephesus is the, they were the Ephesians, right? 
Ephesus was in the Ephesians. So this story went around. It said both Jews and Greeks and alarm and terror fell upon them all. And the name of Jesus was extolled and magnified. Why? Because even the demons acknowledged, they said, they said, look at what they said. They said, Jesus, we know. Paul, we know. But who are you? What were they trying to say? They were saying that, look, we've recognized the authority of Jesus in the spirit. We've recognized the authority of Paul in the spirit. Um, Augustiva, your name did not clear in this spiritual realm. Please, who are you? Identify yourself. You know when, you know when, so, so, so for those of us not in Nigeria, right, there's this thing that happens in Nigeria. When, when you're driving on the road and um, there's a police checkpoint and the policemen stop you. And then you come out from your car and say, how dare you stop me? Do you know who I am? So it's such a thing, right? And then the police, the police, um, the policemen tend to respond by saying, please identify yourself. Who are you? It's exactly the same thing that happened here. It's exactly the same thing that happened in this story. The demon was saying, please, we do not register, we, we, we do not have you registered. Identify yourself. Who are you? Right? And they couldn't identify themselves because earlier on in the verses, they were trying to cast out demons. This was how they, this was how they were trying to cast out this, this demon. They said, by the name of Jesus, who Paul teaches. So they were not getting the authority from Christ. They were just trying to reference the teachings of Paul. Very, very important. They were not trying to ref, they were not trying to, they were not receiving the authority because of their identity in Christ. In the spiritual, they were not putting on the garment of Christ. They were not putting on Christ as a garment. Verse, verse, um, if you can, if, if someone can bring out the verse before it, please. The verse where he said, um, 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 in the name of Jesus by Paul, but sorry, I, I need I need to know how to state it exactly how it was said. It says, um, in the name of Jesus, by whom Paul teaches, by whom Paul preaches, right? So they were referencing Paul's teaching. So let me let me let me show you how it works. Let me show you what they mean. You are not born again, you you don't have a spiritual identity in the spirit, right? Then you now come out and say, in the name of Jesus, by whom Sunesis was teaching on Instagram, I command you, spirit, get out. And then the spirit says, I'm sorry, Ogasa, please, can you identify yourself? Who are you? Who you be? Because we know Jesus. We know Paul. Oh, sorry, we know Sunesis. But I don't understand. This is your statement of um, Sunesis was teaching on Instagram. So I... By that Jesus that he was teaching us on Instagram, I command you leave. No. You have to exercise your own authority. You do not outsource your authority. You don't outsource your authority. I, I, I hope I'm communicating, right? Yes, this was, this was the chapter, this was the verse. It says, Acts 19 verse 13. It says, but some of the, tra some of the traveling Jewish exorcists Men who adjure evil spirits. So um, it's it's a, it's not it's not a subject for now, but there are other people. Uh, have you have you check check YouTube? You see Muslims 
um, doing exorcism. You see other people who are not of Christ doing exorcism, right? Um, growing up, growing up, I, it, this was not an exhausting thing. Um, for some of you who know my story very well, you know that my mother was like um, some sort of um, a spiritualist, more, more or less like what you would call a priest, uh, like a priestess, when she was not born again. My mother was the first person to get born again in my family. So when she was not born again, she, she, she tried, she, I would see her wake up in the middle of the night, somewhere around 12, between 12 and 2 and 3, and she'll start to blow chalk into the atmosphere and do some incantations and everything. Um, this is what, like what you see in Nollywood movies. Uh, when my mother is watching those Nollywood movies and she sees those things happening, you know, most of us take it like entertainment, but my mother, my mother was like, these people don't know what they're, what they're doing. They just think this is acting. <laughs> All right. So, so she said, she was telling me not too long ago, because I was asking her some questions, some things about some, some spiritual things that happened to me. So I was asking her some insights. So she was trying to give me some insights. So I asked her, I said, that time when we were kids, when you used to blow chalk into the atmosphere, were you worshiping those spirits? Were you kind of like worshiping, you know, the way we were like, Father, we worship you, we love you. Were you, were you was, that, was that what you were doing? And she said, no, that she was appealing to them that what they were coming to take. So different spirits, they do different things, right? So it's as though this spirit was coming to do something evil. It could be just to come and torment a person cause a nightmare, a dream, a nightmare, whatever it is, right? She said she was blowing the chalk to appease them, sort of like to placate them so that they don't do what that, that evil intention they wanted to do so they can go somewhere else. It's like, it's like, it's like the way, um, so let me, I don't know if this is a good example, but let me see, let me filter. Is it a good example, but is it a good example? Okay, I wanted to use a body. I'll just give a clue. This was what, what all, of, all of October was about. I wanted to use that example, but I feel restrained to use it, right? So, but imagine a group of policemen that have gone rogue and they are used to bribing people. Also, they are used to receiving bribes. So they come, they go street by street to collect bribe and then whatever street does not bribe them, they don't offer protection to the street. So when thieves come, they, they, just, they just have a field day with them. They can call police and the police will not show up. Now, imagine that same scenario. So the demons are like these rogue agents. The demons are like these rogue policemen. They now come to try to exercise their, their free will their, 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 their desire to torment and cause havoc in a person's life. Now, my mother was saying that she would carry the chalk and use that chalk and blow and do incantations. So it was like she was bribing them that please carry your wahala to another place and go and do it there. So she was begging them to not cause havoc, right? So that's how it was. That's how... Um, um, that dark side of spirituality, that's how it functions. But sometimes a demon can be, let me mention, if a policeman is receiving bribe from you so that he would not do you bad, 
Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Or if area boys in Lagos, their area boys, they are bad, right? Area boys, this, this is also common with area boys. Sometimes area boys collect their own form of tax from shopkeepers so that they won't cause havoc in that area. Yes, I'm trying to say that these demons are like area boys. So they can, they can pretend to do something good to you. It's not good. No, they're doing it for their own benefit. They can pretend to do something good to you so that they can leave you for a while and go and cause havoc somewhere else. But when it comes to a believer, when it comes to a believer, the believer is not negotiating. He's not negotiating with that demon. He's not saying, oh, please, I'm blowing this chalk. Please leave me alone now. Can you just leave me alone? What did I do to you? Whatever. No, that's not how a believer thinks. Remember, a believer wears on the armor, the full armor of God. A believer puts on Christ. A believer by design is designed to have authority over principalities and powers. Why? Can someone bring out this scripture? This is probably the last scripture before we go into interpreting dreams and visions. What's the last scripture? Um, this scripture says Christ is seated above principalities and powers. Can you bring it up? Can someone bring it up, please? Quick, 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 quick. Just put it in the chat. Christ is seated above principalities and powers. There's something I want to show you. Another person bring out, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and powers um, in high places. Bring out those two scriptures. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, rulers and powers in high places. I want to wrap up this session with those two verses. Yes, thank you so much. Um, someone um, refined angle. Or ref I don't know. I don't know what your name is, but I think it says refined angle. I don't know, but I like what you said because it crossed my mind. I didn't. I didn't. I just didn't want to say it. She said, "We don't negotiate with terrorists." That's it. That's your position. You don't. You don't negotiate with the enemy. If you negotiate with the enemy, yeah, yeah, you're joking. You're joking. He's going to have the upper hand over you. So someone bring out the other scripture that says Christ is seated above, above principalities and powers. Oh, sorry. It says, uh, for we are seated above principalities and powers. Sorry. In Christ. We're seated in Christ above principalities and powers. Quickly, quickly, quickly. We're seated in Christ above principalities and powers. Scripture. Ephesians 1.21. Okay, there's, oh, sorry, sorry, oh, oh, you've already brought it out, sorry, sorry, I didn't know, sorry. Okay, so good, the two scriptures I want to connect together is Ephesians 1.21 and Ephesians 6.21. For those of you on Instagram, you can check it out. Ephesians Ephesians 1.21 and Ephesians 6.12. Let me read Ephesians 1.21. It says, um, um, we're seated, please, can you bring out um, from verse... 20, Ephesians 1, 20. Can you bring that out? I want to read the text before it. While the person, bring, while um, Tochuku is bringing it out, let me go to Ephesians 6, verse 12. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Thank you, Tochuku. It says, for our struggle 
is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. It puts in brackets, in the supernatural places. So it's saying there that we're not just wrestling against flesh and blood, but we're wrestling against entities, spiritual people, spiritual beings rather, spiritual beings, that these beings are wicked. They are forces of wickedness. They are rulers. They have domain. Remember I talked about geographical location. You, um, um, in the book of Daniel, we learned of the spirit, the, the, the prince of Persia. The prince of Persia was wrestling against the prince called Michael. That's danger Michael, right? Michael was wrestling against, Michael was warring against the prince of Persia. The prince of Persia is that ruler over Babylon, over Babylon. That, why? Because the, the time had come for the children of Israel to be set free as, as, as slaves, right? The, the time had come to, to be set free from Babylon, right? That, that it, it happened during Daniel's fast. So during Daniel's fast, this war was happening. The prince of Persia seemed, and there was no clear um, text to buttress this point, but it seemed that the prince of Persia was making, was trying to make sure that the children of Israel don't receive information that it is time for them to be free. So, because that's what Daniel was praying for. That was what Daniel was praying for, to receive that information. So the messenger, the, an angel was coming down with the message to deliver it to Daniel. But the, the, the angel could not pass through because a ruler, right? That's what that's what Paul was talking about here. A, 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 a ruler, a prince, a principality was resisting that angel from passing through. So um, the angel, Michael, had to come in with some other warring angels and war against the prince of Persia and created a way for that angel to pass through. That angel now passed through and delivered the message to Daniel and told Daniel, Daniel, look, since you started this prayer, from the very first day since you set your eyes to receive this message from God, I was dispatched to deliver this message to you. But I was opposed by the prince of Persia. And he said, now that I'm leaving you, now that I'm leaving you here, I am going to go back to that war. That war is still happening. Right? I'm going to join Michael in that war. Uh, so, so, so these things happen. They are actually a thing, right? Even though, even though in the new in the old testament, in the in the in the scriptures of the old testament, there, there was no mention of casting out a demon. It's very interesting, right? Well, don't mention this casting out demons and everything came when Jesus came, right? There was no mention. It didn't mean it didn't happen. There was just no mention of it, right? But this thing became revealed when Jesus came onto the scene. So Jesus started to show us the pattern. That's why I said, in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will heal the sick in my name. Now, that in my name means in my authority. That's what it means. It's not just in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. No, when you say in the name of saying in the authority. In the authority. So when that demon was asking the seven sons of Sceva, 
Paul, we know. Jesus, we know. Who are you? He was saying, by whose authority, by whose name, by whose identity are you trying to cast us out of this vessel? Why? Because we have a legal right to be in this vessel. We have a legal right to be in this vessel. We have a legal right to oppress this vessel. We have a legal right, the, the demons, right? They're saying, we have a legal right to oppress this vessel. We have a legal right to keep this vessel in captivity. That's what he was saying. So we can't live here unless there is a higher authority that overrides our right. So please identify by whose authority are you trying to cast us out? That's what the demons are actually saying. Now, why does, why does Jesus work? Why does Jesus work? Why does the name of Jesus work? You know that Jesus is not the only Jesus in town. If you go to Mexico, there are other people named Jesus. I don't know if, there, if there's anyone named Jesus in Nigeria. But Jesus, the word, the, the word Jesus is translated from the word Joshua. The word Joshua is translated from the word Yeshua. Yeshua, right? Or Yeshua, whichever way you want to pronounce it. Someone said footballer. I'm wondering how footballer get, got into this game. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by footballer. All right. Okay, so we're moving on. So when you say the name Jesus, it is the meaning you are, you are invoking. That's the word. You are invoking something. You should have a right for invoking that name. You know, um, somewhere in scripture it says, and um, where two or more are gathered in my name, I am present. So two or more people fellowshipping automatically invokes the presence of Jesus. If I call on the name of Jesus, it automatically also invokes him. So it's almost like saying, it's almost like saying, what can I do for you, son? It's like saying, daddy, daddy, where are you? And then he says, yes, I'm here. What, what's the matter? What's going on? It's like that. It's like that. He he, because of the union we have with him, because of the oneness we have with him, because we put him on, every time we move, everywhere we go, sometimes you don't even have to invoke anything. Sometimes you just go to a place. Because the spirits that are in that place don't get along with you because you are, you are a spirit of light. And they are spirits of darkness. Light and darkness don't mix. They can't mix. They, they, that's why you don't negotiate. That's why you don't have conversations. You don't, you don't sit down and say, oh, okay, Satan, um, uh, what can we do today? Uh, okay, you know what? Um, please don't do this. No, 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 you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't act like that. It's, it's a person that lacks understanding that does that. It's a person that lacks identity and understanding. My people perish. My people perish for lack of knowledge. God's people perish for, because they don't understand certain things, right? So, Sometimes you show up in some places, maybe a place of work or in a bus or in a vehicle or in a street, and they don't just like you. You've not done anything. They've never met you before. They just don't like you. Not because you've done anything. It's because of who you carry. Jesus said, look, if they did it to me, they will do it to you. It's not, it's not, it's not you they don't like. It is the Christ that you've put on. You know when you wear an outfit? And someone says, I don't like the outfit the person is wearing. I don't like the outfit. Yes, it's like that. You put on Christ and the person doesn't like it. Because in the spiritual, they are seen that you're not of the same spirit. They're seen. You're not of the same spirit. 
So sometimes you just show up. So sometimes you just show up. You just show up in a place. And the spirits in that place just can't stand you. That happened to me in Kaduna. I, I think I told you guys this story. Um, I don't like to talk about my own spiritual experiences because I don't want you guys to use me as a standard. I want you to use God, Christ, as the standard. I will just share some of it to, to kind of like let you know possibilities. So I was in Kaduna um, about two years ago. And this was my first time and my only time I've been to Kaduna. Um, I was doing something for Facebook, teach. Teach for Facebook. Or I used to teach on content creation, creativity stuff, how to use Facebook and Instagram to market your business or your projects or whatever. So Facebook had just come into the country and they they asked for some um, um, teachers, some some design or creative teachers. So I was drafted in there. So I was sent to Kaduna to go teach the people who had subscribed to be taught in Kaduna. Um, this is my first and my only time I've been there. Um, in my hotel, slept. I closed my eyes for like two, three minutes and I came out of my body instantly. Why did I come out of my body? A woman had come into my room. The woman was completely, she was as black as, what can I use now? Almost as black as this black of my earpiece. Almost as black, right? She's very black, like, like black, black, charcoal black. She was so black, her eyes were white, and so it popped. Her eyes, her eyes, right? So she, she came in. When she came in, I did not know her as a human being. I saw her coming as a whirlwind. Like, it, it's even as, as even as I speak, I still have goosebumps from it. Because it was, I've had different encounters. But this one, this one really, really stood out. Um, I've had... I've had a witch shop in my house, Lekki here, just here, Lekki physically, physically, I've had that one. Um, she came all the way from Ijebu. But that witch did not compare to this Kaduna experience, right? So I'm picking this Kaduna experience because it really stood out. Um, so she came in as a whirlwind. And then she, she just put, I mean, I wish I could animate it. She came in and just and just froze, and she was just pulsating like that, like pulsating, as if as if she was all energy, but she was human. And immediately, I got. I did not do this intentionally. I just came out of my body and I sat up, so angry. But you know what was? You know what was making me angry? You know what was making me angry? <laughs> um, I. I, at that time, I was had so many unique encounters. Um, there, were, there were a lot of angels, a lot of things I was experiencing. Um, I was experiencing two worlds at the same time. So I could be talking to you right now. I could not have an Instagram session like this at that period because I could be talking to you and be seeing another realm. It was like it was like there was a hologram. So I could be talking to you guys now, and then, then there is like just imagine a watery a watery glass, like there's a glass here, but there's water on it. And then um, 
I could see through the glass, but not so clearly, but I knew that there were people on the other side, right? So yes, I was seeing things like that. So I got to realize that I was looking constantly. Yes, it's a portal, but it's not exactly a portal. I know what a portal is like. A portal is an opening. This was not, a op this was not an opening. This was a membrane, like a membrane, right? Like a glass, but you could see the other side of the world. So I, at that point, I couldn't tell the two, I couldn't tell which world I belonged to. It, it was a vision. I, I was seeing visions, but it was not like, you know, normally I could be talking to you right now and get a vision. And I, I'll give a prophetic word, right? This was not like that. This was, I was seeing another world. That's the best way I can explain it. I was seeing another world on a normal day. Like right now, I am not seeing that world. Right now, I'm not seeing that world. But this one, I was seeing it, and it was consistent. It was consistent. It was a bit tiring at the point. It was consistent because um, I couldn't on my laptop. So I'm woke up, I'm seeing something else, and it's just, it's, it's like it's, it's interfering with these, this realm. So it was consistently like that for me. Um, I told you guys, some of you know of the story of how I encountered some angels that I sent to Esther. Right. Some of you know that story. Yes, it was like that. I was jogging the bridge and they just popped up. I literally said to them, I was like, you can't just be appearing, disappearing, and just be found around me every time without helping my friend, Esther. Esther that, at that point in time. Esther, Esther, um, some of you would know her. I'm telling you Esther at that point in time. So and I told them to go help Esther. Interestingly, what I did that day, Esther had had a dream about it the night before. And in the dream, she was told a teacher's angels cloud of rain and grace is going to fall over you. And that's exactly what I told, I, I actually told them to go do, to go help. And I saw go to where I had left Esther before I started jogging the Lekki Koyi Bridge. And they went. And I was even afraid to tell Esther what I saw because I didn't want her to think that I was losing my mind. That, that time, Esther was still a bit of stranger to me, but I remembered calling her my friend. It was very weird, right? So, uh, so yeah, I was constantly having these sort of things almost every other day. It was So here I was thinking that I could get some rest because every night that period, I was having about four hours of rest per night. Um, there was neither day nor night for me. Everything was just, it was crazy. It was crazy. Um, I, I had no desire to remain in this world. I just wanted to go into that world. I had absolutely, so that's what led to my encounter with Christ. He actually came to stop it because it was like the more I yearned for it. So I, I kept on wondering. So when people used to hear me say, I don't know what you guys are looking for in this world. You kill, steal, I'm not you guys, but people. They kill, steal, destroy. They do all sorts of havoc to acquire things in this world, and yet you're going to die and leave it and go into the next world. But you, you, you are prepared to do all this evil to be relevant in this world. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And that's why I used to say that if you knew what was waiting for you on the other side, that beautiful thing that's waiting for you on the other side, you'll be more eager to go be with Christ. That was why Paul said to, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Because he could see. So I was seeing. Now, they were all good things I was experiencing. They were all good things I was experiencing. But this was the first unique 
um, I mean, I, I encountered demons and all that, but this was, this was a human being. And she came into my room as a whirlwind. And she was just there pulsating. And she had a calabash on her head. She had a green leaf on her mouth. Like, you know, like, um, let me see, what can I use there? Imagine this, this is me. She had it like this. She had it like this amount. And so imagine my cup is calabash. She had a calabash like that. It was like that. And, um, and she, she, just, she was just pulsating, like, almost like she was floating. As if, as if the energy was breathing. And so I came out of my body and I was like, what the, that was exactly how I thought. I was like, what the heck? But I was angry. In my mind, I was like, what effrontery, what audacity. Now, I did not know where all that was coming from. I did not know where all of that was coming from. Because remember, just a few seconds ago, I wanted to sleep. So I was like, what audacity, what effrontery. As in, in Kaduna here, as in like, who do I know in Kaduna? What, what I came to, I didn't even come to do the things, uh, I didn't even come to preach the gospel or anything. I just came to do something for Facebook to train some people and I'm having an attack, really? I also knew, I also knew like instantly that she came to size me up. I didn't know why she came to size me, but I knew she came to size me up. And then she just stayed there staring intensively or um, intently at me. Or is it intensively or intently? I don't know which one now, but both, I guess, at me. I, you know when you know when a when you know when a predator when a predator is trying to size if what it is saying is a predator or a prey whether it should attack or it should that was it was as if she was gauging me but I was not having it I was just like you know what I only get four hours of sleep every night this little one in this hotel that Facebook had, um, the people the people who were consulting for Facebook have booked for me I want to enjoy it in peace I just want to sleep. Please, please, please. So immediately I said, get out. And then she did, she, this is what she did. She said, hmm. And I was like, I said, get out. And then she just went, she just became like, she became, she became, she became humble. She just, and then she just, she just, she, she just, she, she, this was, she, um, she was like this. And then she turned like this and she looked at me and she just became humbled and kept on staring at me and walked through the door. She came in as a whirlwind. But she walked gently through the door. I saw her walk through the door and leave my hotel room. Then I entered my body back and I came back. So I entered my body and I and I gained consciousness. My body, so the, the way I can explain this, this is not the first time I've had an out-of-body experience. Some of us have had it. I know we have when we're having our family meeting, one of us talked about it that I experienced a few things. It's not the first time it was happening to me. It's happened to me, I think a few times, like. At least like five times I can remember. So the mo so in that state, you can look back at your body. When you come out of your body, you can look back at your body. You can see it. You can see it. And you have this 360 view. It's almost as like you can see everything at once. Right? So this body is actually a restriction. I talked about it when we we're talking about um, that the flesh, that the flesh cannot become born again again. If the flesh is meant to die, this flesh cannot make heaven. This flesh is not qualified for heaven. There has to be a new body. That will be given to us by Christ. For now, 
we have a, a garment in Christ. So let me just move on with this, please. So the moment she left my my, I, I didn't I didn't totally exit my body. I just sat up on the bed. I sat up on the bed and I just said, "Get out!" And I was so angry. I was angry. Um, I don't know how to explain this anger now. This is righteous anger, Sha. Righteous what? Just if you think you understand what it means to have righteous anger, yes, this, that's what it means, right? Righteous anger. So I, I after I did that, I went back into my body and I sat up and I, I wasn't scared or anything. I was just in my mind. I was just like, um, why did she come? Why did she come? I knew what it was about, but I wanted to be sure. I, I was now wishing I did not walk her out on time. I was wishing I asked her questions. Who sent you? Why did you come? Because number one, I, like as I said, I didn't know anybody in Kaduna. I'm just here doing my business. And, um, and you're, just, you're just here to disturb me. So, um, um, yeah, someone says anger in the spirit. Yes. Yes. So, um, I, didn't, I didn't discuss it with anybody until a few months later. Shared it with a friend who's, who's not... She's not particularly a Christian, but she's aware of spiritual things. She's not a Christian, but she's aware of spiritual things. She's a Catholic, but she she believes she believes the ways of Jesus are not the only way. There are other ways, that kind of thing, right? So, but she's aware of spiritual things. She's very aware of spiritual things. Uh, so, I was just discussing with her. And she, I did not even describe what I fully what I what I saw. So I just said she had a leaf on her mouth. And she said, wait, the leaf was is like is like mint green. It's not, it's it's not dark green, it's, it's light green, it's mint green. I said, yes, how do you know? She she told me exactly what it is. She said it's like a charm. She described it. So I knew that what I experienced was not just unique to me, but it was a thing, and she had information about it. The next person I discussed with was my mother. So I went to Abuja sometime, my parents in Abuja. I went to Abuja, I, I, I was coming from another place. I think I visited, no, I went to Abuja for a meeting and I visited my parents. And I told them, so I told my mother, because I believe my mother being a high priestess um, in her past, or being a high priestess in the making in her past, would know more about these things. So I asked her, I was like, um, mom, there was this attack I had in Kaduna a year ago. I want to understand it. Um, it keeps coming back to my memory. I want to know why she had the calabash in her head, what was in the calabash, and why she had the leaf in her mouth. And my mother could not really explain it to me. She said, I should now ask my father. This was a year later, like this now two years, just some months ago, she said, I should ask my father. So I picked up the phone. I did not know my father had that kind of history too. I picked up, yeah, someone said righteous indignation. Yeah, that was the anger that I had, righteous indignation. So I picked up my phone and I called my father. And I'm, 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 I'm hesitant to tell my, I did not think my father understood these kind of things. My father is born again. My father is born again. But he was the last person to get born again in my family. My father then told me some of the things that men from my village so, so, so some of you see my mark. There's this mark on my face, right? Some of you say it's tribal mark. It's not tribal marks. So people have asked me questions. They're not tribal marks. They are spiritual marks. So they are supposed to be, I have one here. 
I have one. I think I had one here. I remember I was given one here, one here. I was given this two when I was a baby. I think I have on my toes. So you know your big toe here, the incisions. For those of you who were born in the in the Bendel state, Edo state, um, Delta state, you would know of all these things, right? They're spiritual curtains to protect, they offer protection. Now there are different categories of these things. My uncle, one of my uncles, I saw one on him, right? One of my uncles, I saw one on him. Um, um, I saw some scars on his chest. And he said, he's, he's a younger uncle, I'm older than him, right? I'm older than him. So he said, I, I asked him, what uh, was this, this thing about? And he said, uh, it's jazz, that if, if you try to stab him, that the knife would not get him. So my father was referencing that jazz. I didn't know my father had it before we all got body. I, well, as a child, I, I used to remember when we're traveling between states, my father would sometimes say, when we get to police checkpoints and there's an altercation between him and police, he would say, the, the policeman would sometimes say, in the middle of nowhere, maybe in the middle of a, a place called Ore, right? Just the middle of nowhere, between, in, between states, interstates. So everywhere is bush. Anything can happen, anything can happen. The policeman could lose their cool and something bad could happen and your father is dead right in front of you. And so at this point, I think I was 13 years old. I would hear my father say things like, shoot and see what will happen, shoot. In my mind, I was like, eh, shoot what? Ah, this man, you want to die here and leave us in the car? <laughs> right? So I used to think like that, right? But I didn't know that that was what he was referring to, that if you shot him, the bullet would not go through. Because it's actually a thing in the village I'm from, in the town where I'm from. So if my father was still in those ways, right? Even I, 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 I every son, every son will be introduced into that. Why? Because it was like a rite of passage. So if the town or the village wanted to go to war, would wear all those things so that if they shot guns or shot or they, or they threw dagger at you, those things, they could form like a defense for you. So my father, um, my father, my father was aware of these things, but I did not know. My mother told me a story of when they were dating, when they started courtship and they were at the beer parlor. And then some guys came in because all the chicks and all the ladies in the beer parlor were at the table of my father, my father and his friends. So they all went there and they all chilled. They, 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 I think they thought my father was cool. My, my father had a very sweet mouth too. So he had a lady's mouth. <laughs> That's all I can say, right? So um, him and his friends were all at this table. And so all the ladies were there. So the the other guys this was like in the 70s the other guys were upset so they came out with their daggers and one of them tried to stab my father my mother saw what was happening and she ran away everybody ran away so um they one of them stabbed my father my mother was telling me the story one of them stabbed my father she thought my father was was going to be bleeding and everything my father came in and said, look, and my father was speaking my language and saying, look, they stabbed me. He didn't get it. He didn't get it. He was referring to the jazz. So my mother told me that I should ask my father. My father is more aware of all this 
spiritual spiritual stuff. And I found that very fascinating because, hey, this is me at the age of 37. This was last year, last year, during the lockdown. I'm growing up, I never knew about this story. But because of my spiritual experience, I was asking them, so that I wanted to know. Now, they didn't want to tell me these things because they felt they were dark. These things are dark. You're not supposed to know them and everything, right? Ideally, and the truth is that you're not, you're not you have no business with the world of darkness. You have absolutely no business. Whether it's witchcraft, whether it's crystals, whether it's, oh, where this charm, all those um, all those Jumanji things, um, or or is it, um, what's her name? What's that woman that's always selling charms on Instagram? All those stuff. That's, that's all those things are nonsense, right? What you're supposed to do is keep your eyes on Christ. So my parents didn't tell me those things. But because I was now attacked, and I needed information as to why this happened. So my father was not explaining it to me. He was not giving me details. So he said the green leaf was, the green leaf is actually an antidote. It's to protect her from having a verbal conversation with me. So if I commanded her to speak, that leaf was supposed to be a defense so that she would not speak and utter what an altar maybe trade secrets or be, um sorry spiritual secrets maybe like who sent her where she's from and she would reveal her identity right so it was to protect her from me so that she would not speak <laughs> jaruma yes i meant jaruma right you guys need to stay away from all those nonsense just stay away from all those nonsense so she 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 put that leaf in her mouth to prevent her from speaking and revealing spiritual secrets. Then he said that the calabash on her head, now normally when warriors are going to war, that calabash is put there to, no, 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 sorry. He said, he said, it's to prevent her from speaking. My, my other friend, the other one I said is spiritually aware, said it's to prevent her from speaking so that she doesn't get to say things she's not meant to say, and she doesn't leak out secrets. Then um, my father said that it makes them also invisible. So he said, normally you're not supposed to be able to see her. You were not supposed to know that she was in the room, but because of the power that was at work in you, you were able to see her, right? So it's supposed to act like a spiritual camouflage. Like, like, technically, she's supposed to be in this room right now. And I will not be aware that she's in this room if I did not have Christ at work in me. Right? So um, it's the same thing. Uh, this thing I'm saying is, is everywhere. Place of work. Um, um, you enter a bus. Um, everybody's carrying something. Well, some people are not carrying anything, so they are being tossed to and fro by both sides of the camp, whether light or darkness. Um, but I usually say, even if even if you're not of God, you should carry something. This world is not as straightforward as it looks. You should carry something. But I'll say simple, why don't you just carry God? It solves everything. This solves everything. So anyway, um, um, my father explained to me that the calabash on her head was um, that there's normally water in it, and that water has a spiritual meaning. So I don't know how many of you have seen those 
um, tribal war. If you watch Igbo movies, Igbo, Igbo or intertribal wars, you would see them carry a calabash and then they were dancing in very weird ways, like chess, they would draw markings and they would carry leaf and all those cutlass. Yes, yes. That calabash, it, sometimes they would put a, a leaf in there and they would sprinkle water, so almost as if it's holy water, they would sprinkle it. So it's supposed to offer protection to the warriors. So there's a warrior that carries a calabash, then other warriors dance around him and they move like, they move like spartacus or like uh, 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 all those patterns, all those patterns. If you watch the movie Spartacus, the series Spartacus or 300, if you watch 300, yes. So they're supposed to move in that group. So that guy keeps sprinkling the water on the different, um, what do you call it? The different warriors. So it acts like a camouflage too for them, protection. So that if they, if they shoot an arrow or guns or all those kind of things, it protects them. So she came, she came with an armor to protect herself against me. But she also knew it was almost like it was almost like because I came into that geographic location, it was as though I disrupted something. Now I wasn't seeing my angels, I didn't see any angels in, in Kaduna, but I knew they were with me. So probably, probably that presence triggered something in the spiritual around that atmosphere. And she felt she needed to come check me out. Who is this person? What is this person about? How does this person command so much authority? Some, sometimes some of you hear me with the way I speak. Like you can, some people ask me, why are you so confident? And I'm like, I'm not confident because of myself. I, what do I have? I'm only confident, I'm only confident because of who backs me. I'm only confident because of who backs me. And I remember, I remember clearly, was it that same period? I don't know if it was that same period or around that period, I was on my return flight. I, I entered a plane that almost crashed. And I had another experience again, but I don't want to talk about, I don't want to make it too long because we've already gone beyond our time. Um, but, but I will just focus on this story. So my father explained all this to me. And he said, you were able to handle that situation, obviously, because you have a higher power than she. I recognized her as a principality, not as a witch, the one in me that I recognized it was is what we call discernment. I could tell that she was not ordinary. She was not like the one that came to my house. The one that came to my house came in flesh, full body soul. She was stark naked from head to toe, <laughs> right? She was stark naked from head to toe. This one, it was in the spirit we met ourselves. I came out of my body, right? So, um, and I remembered vividly that the energy, the, the, the energy around my room was just, everything was spiked. It was spiked, right? So I knew she was not ordinary, but I, I knew also, yeah, this is something that I, I, I would finish with. Um, the enemy you defeat reveals a lot about her. Some of you are under attack because God is trying to reveal who you are. So this is what happened with me. 
before this time, before this time, I'd had a series of demonic attacks. In fact, the truth is every time I preached. So in fact, just teaching this, just teaching this, I may get attacked. But I want to believe all of you are believers. There's no person I don't know here that is not a believer. There's nobody here that I don't know that is, right? I don't know anybody here that is not a believer. I think I, I, I've seen some of these faces before. So I believe most of you are believers. Now, sometimes you go to pre preach the gospel to a people who have converted themselves with demons and whatever spirit beings, marine spirit, this spirit, this spirit. You now want to go and snatch the soul from them. You said, no, this one is not going to the darkness. I have come here with the gospel and you're taking this person, you're pulling this person out of darkness, out of the hole of the enemy to come into light. You're preaching this, you're preaching the gospel. Now, if you, if you are the demon and they came to collect a soul that you legally have, won't you fight back? You fight back. That's the point, that's what I'm trying to say. It is a rite of passage as a believer to have these attacks. But he, the Lord also said, fear not, for I have overcome the world. I have overcome them, even the God. Fear not. It's part of your training protocol. You cannot say you're a soldier of the Lord and you've never been. It is part of your protocol. You can't, you can't be like, oh, oh, I am going through. I didn't sign up for this. How come my life was smooth when I was when I was not in, in Christ? But when I decided to take Christ seriously, I'm just having attacks everywhere. Right now, I'm like, so you would you should you shouldn't attack yourself. If you, if you're the devil, you will attack yourself. It can't be that. It is the perfect opportunity for you to begin to exercise your authority in Christ. It's like, okay, you want to bring this thing on? I'm ready for you. Get out. And you see, th this is something the Lord said to me. He said, every time you wield your authority in the spirit, every time you wield your authority in the spirit, you are registering who you are. Spirit. So they will be able to say, we know. Paul, we know. Sunesis, we know. Gronke, we know. Faustina, we know. Tommy, we know. Elizabeth, we know. On and on. That is it. Why? Because every time, every time you deal with me that you've been given authority to speak over or speak against, every time you deal with them, every time you cast them out, they have to go back and give their own military report as regards what happened. Uh -uh. Um, demon of lust. Why are you homeless? So, boy, I don't know what happened though. Now, so this guy just, um, this guy's sister is a believer now. And so she saw me living in the life of her brother and so she casted me out. <laughs> right? So, so the point is, that, I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say. The point is, you're exercising your authority. So this spirit has to go back and give a report. It has to go back and give a report as to what happened. The same thing when you um, when you have a meeting, say with an angel or something like that, right? Or an angel of light. Because they're angels of darkness. So it's not just demons, they're angels of darkness, right? <laughs> well, maybe I'll touch that later on some other time. So when you exercise, when you when you have when you go into a partnership with an angel, right? And maybe an angel came to give you 
the angel will go back and give a report to to God and say, "This is what we. This is what I discussed with with Kemi. Um, um, I agree that we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Why? Because remember what I said. The whole thing about authority, so that the will of God in heaven should be done on earth. I said in the beginning of the meeting, the will of God should be done from heaven on earth. But authority needs to happen. Man has to decide to function in partnership with, with the authority in heaven. Right? That's why Jesus said, pray that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But for you to know what the will of God is on earth, you must first know what is in heaven. Every time you pray, every time you pray, you're showing up in the council. You're showing up, sorry, you're showing up in the courts of heaven. So when, if I say I want to pray now, Father, thank you so much for my people. Thank you so much for these people. I pray that everything we're speaking, I pray that they bear the right fruit. I pray that you teach these people how to war. Bible says, um, um, somewhere in scripture, it says you teach my hands to war. Lord, let this be our testimonies. As I'm speaking all those things, my soul shows up in heaven, in the courts of heaven. And we are decreeing, and me and God were discussing concerning the people I have authority over. And I'm praying, and I'm saying, God, do this for them. Help them here. Help them. The ones that are weak, strengthen them. The ones that need encouragement, strengthen them. Lord, give them signs to let them know who they are. Reveal to them who they are. Somewhere in, the, in scriptures, um, when Jesus sent the 72 out, they came back. They said, Lord, Master, even the demons were subject to us in your name. In your authority, let this let, let this be their testimony, Lord. So I'm speaking all that. I am not just in my room here. I'm not here in my room. My my flesh is here, but my soul is in heaven. Is making a a a is making intercession. Is making um um is negotiating on behalf of the people that he said I should feed, I should take care of for him. For him, right? No, no human being has an authority over you anyhow. It's it's only when God gives them authority, you know. That's it, right? That's it. Uh, this is where we get the language of spiritual covering, spiritual covering. But like someone said in Instagram, it has been abused, grossly abused, grossly abused. He said, "If you leave me, spiritual covering, there is no covering that is more that is that is better than the covering of Christ. There is no covering." The only time, the only time you are you are in danger is if your living is to spite the place. You want to spite the place. That's the only time you're in danger. You're not spiting the place, you're spiting Christ. So it's not the place, it's not, it's not my covering you left. It's not the covering of Joseph and Daniel as a whole, or the angels who minister, who, who minister in this in this community. It's not that, it's not that. It is the covering of Christ you're walking away from. It's like the prodigal son. He's becoming prodigal. Until he learns the lesson and is humble, then he will return. That's how it works. Right? So it's not, it's not, it's not uh, oh, you've left me. Um, my covering over you has gone. No, 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 that's not how it works. That's not how it works. It's, it's been abused. Right? Jesus said, let no one lord it over each other. That's what he warned his disciples about. Let no one lord it over each other. He even went as far as saying nobody should call, none of you should call each other father or this or that kind of stuff. <laughs> Somewhere in the book of Matthew, you should take time to read it. 
So I, I think I have touched, I mean, I haven't touched everything, right? But I think I have laid a proper foundation concerning how authority is in a very simple way. It's deeper than this, but I, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to give you guys overload of information because I still want us to touch a few dreams where we've been attacked. But I was saying, yeah, I was saying, I was saying, yeah, that um, if you go to a place to preach, those souls there, you want to save souls, you want to win souls with Christ. You have to go in the authority of Christ. You can't just go. In fact, somewhere in scripture, it says that Paul wanted to go somewhere to go preach. The Bible says the Holy Spirit forbade him to go preach there. So you can't just go in your ginger and say, eh, I want to go and preach. I want to go and preach for God. I want souls for God. He that wins souls is wise. So I'm going to win souls. You can't just go. And otherwise, they end up like the seven sons of Skiva. Yes, we will do parts to no problem. We will do part two. Right. You, can't, you can't just go and say you want to you want to go and give us souls like the seven sons of Skiva. They would tear your clothes, they would drive you out of that room. <laughs> right? You can't you can't do that. Um, you have to go in the authority of God. Go in the authority of God. Um, even the Holy Spirit, somewhere in scripture, it talks about. How the Holy Jesus said the Holy Spirit will not speak of his own authority, but he will speak only what the Father, what he sees in the Father. Can you just imagine that? Can you imagine that the same Holy Spirit that leads us? We'll visit that scripture in the next in the next in the next meeting. The same Holy Spirit that leads us is not exercising his own authority up and down, anyhow. He's he's searching the heart of God before he exercises his authority to know whether it's permitted. Because, you know why? You know why? Because the Spirit, Jesus, and the Father are one. O Israel, hear you, O Israel. The Lord your God is one. Is one. Jesus, if I'm related with Jesus, I'm related with God. If I'm related with God, I'm related with the Holy Spirit. Is one. There's none higher than the other. They are one. It's just one. You're looking at one entity manifesting as three persons. That's what you're looking at. So, um, what else? What other points am I missing? Is there any other point I'm missing? Um, but I feel like I should share now before that. So you have to, the point I'm just trying to make is that you have to function in the authority of God. So um, um, there are other things I can tell, but I don't want to share, share. the other the other demonic experiences. Uh, but yeah, I went somewhere sometime, or one of us, one of my friends, already. Um, someone says, will you have more classes or sessions like this? Yes, yes, we'll have. Well, it's all through the year. This is the first for the year. We'll have all through the year. Um, if you're not a part of Justice and Daniels, you can send me a message that you'd like to join the community, right? So um, sometimes you see these demons. Sometimes you see them. Sometimes you sense them. Sometimes you smell them. Sometimes someone is speaking. You're hearing the person's voice, but you're hearing a different entity altogether. I remember the day this happens to me. I remember the day this happens to me. It was, it, was, it was crazy, but we'll talk about that now. So there are different ways of sensing this thing. Sometimes you walk into a place and you just, Lord, show me what I'm dealing with here. And the Lord just begins to tell you. Sometimes he will show you. Sometimes you will perceive it. Sometimes you just know that there's something dark or there is a there is light here. 
or there is that. Have you ever been to some churches, guys? Have you ever been to some churches? You just the moment you just entered, you just knew that God is not here. Have you ever been to some churches like that? Yes. Yes, that's what it means. It's the same way. Is 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 God showing you? That's why you heard me. There was a time you heard me say. There was a time you heard me say. Um, someone was asking, "How do I know?" where I should stay or where I should not stay, which church to stay. I said, it's very simple, my friend. Anywhere you go and you don't feel that you've come with the presence of God or God's presence is not there, please carry your two legs and run for your life. That is what it means to be in a place where you, you don't have the covering of God. <laughs> That's really what it means. So once you're in such a place and you cannot sense God, just leave. It's not man you're looking for. You're not looking for senses. You're not looking for um, any of us here. You're looking for God. God. Moses Moses said, God had promised Moses, said, go. Um, I will send, God told Moses, said, I will send an angel before you. He will go, you guys will go, you will go to that land and you will win. You will, you will chase out the enemy and you will capture the land. And Moses said, uh-uh, the presence is not going with us. No, sorry. God said, God said, well, my presence is not going with you. But I've sent an angel. Maybe, maybe it was even angel Michael he sent with them. I said, but before you. Then Moses said, see, and um, bros. Oh no, what did I say, bros? Oh, bros. Uh, he said, he said, God, if your presence does not go with us, then we are not going, we are staying. Whether whether we're going to be successful or not, it doesn't matter. And that's why I usually say to, to us that because it is going good, does not mean God is with you. <laughs> and also because it is looking like it's going bad does not mean God is not with you right? right so you must be able to practice the presence of God is God involved in what I'm doing do I sense him do I sense him is he here is this 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 idea looks good but is this a God idea nah so so once you can't sense the presence of God. Let that be your, let that be your, is it thermometer or barometer? I don't know which one it is now, right? Once you can't sense it or that presence of God, leave. You have no apologies. You owe nobody any apologies. Just make sure you know the presence of God and not your emotions. Because sometimes we confuse, we confuse, we confuse discernment. We confuse suspicion for discernment. Say, I'm discerning. Meanwhile, you're just suspecting. It's suspicious, my friend. Right? So just make sure it is discernment. That's the, that's the most important thing. Um, let's stop there. Any other stuff? There's still, there's still a bit of other stuff, but I think we'll just we'll do that in, in the next meeting. Um, I hope I hope this has benefited us. So let's take questions. Let's take questions. Uh, something I can say too is that this this happens often. I can leave here now, and another one will happen. And so it happens not just you, um, um, and it's just not it's not just me. It happens with a lot of people. It's it's a normal thing because what is our assignment? Our assignment is to help set the captives free. What are you setting them free from? It is demonic oppression, demonic attacks, the devils, the demons, the principalities ruling over these people or the nation or the land, 
right? Those are the people. So you are you are taking back territory. Some of some of you, some of you. This is all you know about kingdom work. You say, oh, we're taking territories. We're taking the banking sector. We're taking the we're taking the uh, educational sector. We're taking the uh, which one again? What's all those ones? What's all the sectors? Hello. Nobody mentions. <laughs> nobody mentions spiritual sectors. <laughs> Nobody mentions all these things, <laughs> right? Nobody mentions all these things. No. Um, see, our battle, our battle is in the spiritual realm. It's not, it's not in the physical, right? Whatever happens in the spiritual is what now manifests in the physical. Oh, sorry, I missed this part. Yes, I missed this part. I said, why the name of Jesus? That's what he said. Why does the name of Jesus work? It says, it says, which he exerted in Christ. I'm reading from Ephesians 1.20. I'm going to read from Ephesians 1.20 to 21. It says, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand, at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule, and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named above every title that can be conferred. Guys, please read this verse. Take time to just meditate on it. It's loaded. Ephesians 1 20. He said Christ is placed far above. He said God placed Christ on the right hand far above all rule, all authority and power and dominion. And every name that is named above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age which we are to come into. That's, that's the next world. That it's it's it seems like it seems like a poetic, just like it's like Paul is just going poetically, poetically in everything. But no, that, that's not, that's not it's it's telling you the layers upon layers. Ephesians 1, 20 to 21. Please read that. Take time to meditate. Now, the point I wanted to bring from that scripture is that the same demons that we're dealing with, the same spirits, the same fallen spirits, the same Satan. Because remember, Satan is not a demon. No. Satan is not a demon. Satan is a fallen angel. And also remember, there are one third angels that fell with Satan. We'll talk about that some other time, right? Satan is not a demon. So what's the difference between demon and angels? We'll talk about that. I, I had mentioned it a bit some time ago, but I can visit the subject in the next class. So, um, but we can exercise authority over them. We can exercise authority over them. Satan or the demons or the fallen angels, you just name it. Um, any other points? Yes, so I was saying that the principalities that we wrestle against, this is the, these are the same authorities. These are the same authorities because they also have their own authorities, witches, wizards, all those babalao. That's why one babalao can come. That's why one shaman or one babalao can come and rebuke a witch and the witch will go. There are some people who now say, hey, this one must be the real power. There are ranks in the spirit. There are ranks. There are ranks in the spirit, right? But the highest of them is Christ. Now, all these principalities, all of them, 
they still are subject to the highest authority, which is Christ. So the people were wrestling against, sorry, the beings were wrestling against, the principalities were wrestling against. Christ is their boss. That's what I'm trying to say. Christ is their boss. How do you get a picture of this? It's very simple. I mean, I did not know this before, before now, until I noticed that that's, that's actually the story that was happening in, in, um, in um, Job, in the book of Job. What happened? Bible says the adversary, the enemy, showed up in the courts of heaven. Remember when I said, when we're all praying, we're all showing up in the courts of heaven. Right? We're all showing up. So it's, it's good to have legal understanding. That's legal terminology, legal understanding. It's good to have these things because it will help you. It will help you know what you're doing when you're in the place of prayer. It will help you know what you're doing. You will know how to negotiate and intercede. The, the intercession, I, I, I rather describe intercession. I rather describe intercession as the, the, the ability to negotiate, right? Like Abraham was negotiating on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah. Lord, if you find one, will you spare the land? That was intercession. That's negotiation, right? Good. So you're making like a lawyer pleading, pleading his case to the court or to the judge. Lord, can we do this? Can we do it this way, Lord? Why don't you have mercy on this person? You know, that kind of thing. So it goes on and on. Um, yeah. What point I wanted to make? So Jesus, Jesus is seated above all those guys. So I was mentioning, um, I was mentioning Job, the story of Job. That Job, Bible says the enemy showed up, Satan showed up, the adversary showed up in heaven when the sons of God appeared. Satan himself showed up. And do you notice Job was just minding his business on earth? Satan just came to come and I don't know, maybe came to give updates on what he's been doing. I don't know. But that story is a very interesting story, and it's still happening to date. The Bible says the, the, the accuser accuses us day and night before the throne of God. He accuses us day and night. Even as I'm talking to you now, Satan is accusing me before God day and night. <laughs> He's doing his work, right? But I don't want to go into the subject of Satan right now. So how, how, how did Satan come about that? He was a fallen angel and all those things. I don't want to go too much detail, but just please bear with me and just go in this direction for now. So, um, Satan literally took permission to be able to attack Job. God granted him permission to be able to attack Job. Every time you're under attack, every time you're under attack, a permission was given. Not even a strand of hair falls from your head, Jesus said. Not even a strand. So if you carry comb and you comb your hair now and hair cuts out, God, God has decided which hair will fall out and which one will not fall out on that comb. That's what Jesus told the disciples, that not even a strand of hair falls out from your hair without your father being aware, without God being aware. Even the lilies, the sparrows, not even one falls down and dies without God being aware. So it is God that signs off on everything. Uh, someone says, what about legal oppression due to doors we open? Hey, you opened it, not me. <laughs> right? You opened the door. So the consequence has faced you. Right? <laughs> right? Right? So no permission. Why? Because, so when I mean authority, authority and order go together. Authority and order. 
you guys don't need to go extra deeper now. Authority and order go together. So um, when we say a demon has a legal right to occupy a place, it's because the individual gave a legal right to the demon. So that, that spirit, that spirit appears before God and says, I have a right to this soul. The people that end up in hell, the people that end up in hell, it is because Satan has a right to them. So what do you think, um, when, when they say God is going to judge the whole world? Someone said there's more questions in the chat. I'll take a few guys, just calm down, please. Some questions I would have to leave to the next one because you guys are asking me, some, some of you are asking questions that I, I was putting in the next, I don't want, I, this is already stretching. It's already stretching. I want us to go to the dreams, right? I want us to go to the dreams and the visions of the same. Right. We will still take every single one of them. If I don't answer your questions now, just keep them in mind. We will, we will, we will keep them later on, right? And even the truth is this: some of you would experience these things during the week because this is a training program. This is the training program. It's not me training you people. It's the Holy Spirit that's training you people. So after all this theory, theory, theory talk, theory talk, you guys have to go and leave the practicality of it. So some of you will see some of these things. You will see them. Some of you have already started seeing them anyway. You will see them and you have to you have to respond you have to respond you have to you you have to you have to manifest your training that's why jesus christ sent them out in twos and said go and do this then they came back and said master even the demons were subject to us in your name it was their training they had to go and do it so it's not do, do, do you get what i'm trying to say i'm not i'm not giving you guys theory <laughs> it has to be practical you have to do this for people Right, you have to do it for your family, for your friends, for your people, everybody. Right, so um, I may not take all the questions now because some of the questions I already see that spilling into the next topic, right? But I will still come there. So Jesus is the head, so there are different ranks, different ranks of allow which this, that, this one, this uh, voodoo person, that voodoo person, that shaman, this one, uh, even within the shamans, there are ranks. They're, they're all there, on and on and on. Someone says the Rashid. All of them, they're all on and on and on and on and like that, right? Now, you now get to the believer in Christ. So, in between all these places, they're all human beings, right? They're all human beings, right? But you also have human beings that don't have anything. They have no rankings. They're just there. Since um, have I not called you, Jesus said, um, have I not told you you are gods, but you die like men, men, you die like flies, like ordinary flies, not you, Gabi, not you, Bilo. All right, those other people. You die like men, men, all right? Die like flies. So those ones are the least ranking individuals. So those ones, those ones, you know who they go to? You know who they go to in terms of consult, consultation? They go to, they go to, um, uh, they go to witches, wizards, shamans, all these people, Babalao, so one native doctor in my neighborhood, one this in my place, one this in my place, one that in my place. Those are the people they go and consult. And those those native doctors too, they're consulting others, they're like, ah, my power, my power is no more than this one. Um, to do this, you have to bring one sacrifice, you have to bring one this, you have to bring one that, it has to be blood, it has to be this. Then, you, that one goes like, ah, I, I, this one won't work. That one says, okay, you, you sacrifice goats, so make sure your goats is is white and all that one doesn't work. That one now says, Go and bring your first, your firstborn child. Go and bring your firstborn child. Go and go sacrifice your firstborn child. That one doesn't work, then it just goes on and on and on and on like that. 
Now you now get to the believer in Christ. You now get to the believer in Christ. The believer in Christ. The believer is seated in Christ, in Christ. So this is, let's assume this is Christ. Let's assume this is Christ. The believer is inside of Christ, above all these principalities and powers, above all this. So this is what happens when a believer, when a person gets born again. The person gets born again is at a very low rank. It's at the least rank. It's a non-entity. Talked to and fro by every demon, every spirit, seven sons of Skiva, you name it, all of them. That's where they are. But the moment they get born again, boom, this is what happens. They, they skip everything and they're here. Functioning with the authority in Christ. That's what happens. So automatically, you are now like, you are now, you are now like, touch not my anointed, do my prophets no harm. We are all anointed in Christ. So touch not my anointed. That's where the authority comes from. That's where the authority comes from. So sometimes you're rebuking a demon and the demon goes like, by whose authority? And you tell them, click in court. By the authority I have in Christ. Get out. It's that simple. So it means that for the demon to attack you, for the demon to do what you do, it has to go and get permission from Christ. That's what it means. That's what it means. Right? So another thing I can finish up with again, this is the third finishing up, right? Um, yes. So when you're under attack, when you're under attack, um, you see, it's normal for you to be attacked. Many are the afflictions of the righteous man. So if you are not being attacked, we should be checking again. You're not in trouble to the enemy. <laughs> You're not in trouble to the enemy. It means you don't matter. The devil does not attack. It. Jesus said a house divided against itself cannot stand. The devil does not attack his own. It is the others, right? It doesn't mean there are squabbles. There are squabbles in the enemy's camp. Just the same way they are, they are believers who have ego. Ego. They feel very much, very important. So it causes strife in the midst, right? There are situations, the same thing happens. Right? But generally, uh, a house divided against itself cannot stand. So, um, what, why do we get attacked also? Because sometimes God steps aside. God just tells the angels that probably protect you. Step aside, step aside, step aside. I want to watch how they will respond. I want to, I want to, I want to watch how to let us respond when he's attacked this way. Will you respond in fear or will you respond in faith? Are you aware? Are you aware that when Jesus was baptized, the Bible says the, the angel of the Lord, that's the, sorry, the Holy Spirit descended on him as a dove. That descent was power. It wasn't that Jesus needed, did not have the Holy Spirit, no. That descent was power. Power was endued. Because you see in the next verse, in the next verse it says, Jesus being full of the Spirit. What happened? Did you notice that Jesus was not, he didn't say Jesus being full of the spirit was taken to go and start preaching the gospel and go and start, you know, binding and casting every demon. No, he was full. But the first thing they had to do was to test him. The Lord had to test him. So he says, he says, he says the Bible says, 
and he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tested. He didn't say the word tempt, he said to be tested. But the tempting was done by who? It was done by the devil. The testing was for God to authenticate who Jesus was, to authenticate him in the spiritual realm, to reveal his identity in the spiritual realm. Right? So when you're going through these tests, God is trying to show what to, what you carry inside. He's trying to authenticate you. He's trying to reveal to you who you are, what you are. Remember I said it, that I said it earlier on, that the enemy you defeat reveals who you are. When David took out, when David took out Goliath, instantly they knew they had a warrior in their midst. Instantly they knew they had a warrior in their midst. Instantly. So the spirits you take out, spirits you rebuke, they all go back and give feedback. They all go back and give feedback in their camp. And then they'll start to say things like, in them, Tinu, Tala, we know. And you, Chibuzo, who are you? Where did you come from? Yeah, right? It's very important. So don't see it like your life is turning upside down. You should be very excited. There was a time, there was a time I wasn't attacked for a while. I literally told God, I said, God, what's going on? Um, is it that I'm no longer again i'm no longer you know, what's going on right and then just a few days later another batch of attacks happened it was very that one was also weird but i won't talk about that now i just said i was going to keep the stories a bit light all right someone said right yeah you can't use tears the devil does not respond to tears the devil does not respond to tears <laughs> Okay, so guys, let's stop. Um, I'll take, uh, where are the questions that, I'll take two or three questions. Someone had said on Instagram, said, how do we exercise discernment? Ah, there were some subjects I talked about discernment. I talked about the spirit of discernment and deception on my Instagram, uh, Instagram live, I think Instagram TV. So just check the archives. There's something on discernment and deception. You can send me a DM. I can send you the content that we've done in the past. Um, also, you can send me a DM. Send me a DM to join Joseph and Daniels. In Joseph and Daniels, we have a catalog of all these things, all these topics. So you can just request within the group, and the, the specific, the specific uh, link will be sent to you so that you can go through them. Right? You can go through them. <laughs> So I said we need these stories. Yeah, I would I would tell as much as I can. Okay, so someone Sandra says, Sandra says, um, you mentioned demons and principalities can have a legal right. How do demons have a legal authority by oppression? Simple sin. That's an excellent question. I can take that now. Sin. Sin. Um when Adam sinned, Adam lost right to this world. Now, we see that when Jesus came into the scene, Jesus is also not sin, not sin, S-I-N, but sin. When Jesus came into the scene, S-C-E-N-E, right? When Jesus came into that thing, um, um, or let me just put it this way, simple terms. When Jesus came, um, 
Jesus was also recognized as the second man and the last Adam. I said sometime last year that I was going to teach on the topic of the first Adam and the last Adam. I said that I said that God is not trying to make us Christians. God is trying to complete a process that was stopped when Adam sinned and man lost, lost authority, lost dominion over the earth. Jesus came to give us back that authority and to complete what Adam was supposed to become. I said I will give that topic later on. God, what we're dealing with in humanity is not a Christian versus Muslim thing. It's not a Jew versus uh, a Jew versus Igbo or Yoruba or Hausa or Caucasian versus black or white. That's why sometimes I'm a bit disappointed when I meet believers, believers who are who who process spiritual things from skin color and all this nonsense. It means you don't have understanding of what we're actually dealing with. What we're dealing with is vastly spiritual from the dimension of God. Right? It's not, has, has God ever seen, I've never heard God call a person, I may be wrong, but I've never heard God call me a black man or a white man or this, that, or Igbo, Yoruba. Says God says, ah, this is this Igbo boy. <laughs> he calls me his child calls me his child because I'm a, I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm a citizen of Zion. That's what God sees. God sees what he wants me to be. That's what he sees. Right? Not all this nonsense that we get distracted by. Uh, so, um, so when I speak in the spiritual, I, I, am, I am meant to be speaking as an oracle of God. That's what the Bible says. We're oracles of God. We are custodians of God's mysteries. Right? So, Sandra, remember, I don't know if you've ever seen this story in the Bible where Jesus said, let me look for it. Jesus said, um, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Lest something far worse. Yes. Come to you. It's in John chapter 5, verse 14. John chapter 5, verse 14. The spiritual realm is a legal realm. It's a legal realm. Sometimes I wish I were a lawyer because I understand it from a spiritual point of view. So I wish I were a lawyer physically so that that's, how, that's why we use the word advocate, intercessor advocate, all those legal terminologies, covenant, all legal terminology. If you read the Bible, try as much as possible to read it like you're, you're reading a historic slash legal document. It will show you both realms and you would understand this thing better. Right? So it's, it's John chapter, Jesus said afterwards, uh, afterward, when Jesus, sorry, let me just read this straight. Afterward, when Jesus found him in the temple, he said to him, See, you are well. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. It means sin is the window for the devils to operate in your life. 
sin is not just a moralistic thing like, oh, we're trying to be moral. No. You're, you're, giving, you're giving grounds. When you live in sin, when you live in sin, you're giving grounds to the enemy. You are, you are, you are, you are, you are relinquishing authority, jurisdiction, areas, places you once commanded, you're letting go of it. And you're letting the devil begin to reign because authority allows you reign, right? You're letting the devil begin to reign over those areas. So the, the enemy is now having authority over your life in those areas. But you're supposed to exercise authority against that. That's why I remember what I said in the beginning. Or I remember what I said in the beginning, that to them, Jesus said to me, to them that believe, he gave authority to become there's something you're supposed to become. But every time you're not exercising that authority, you're not becoming it, and you're giving grounds to the enemy. So that's why you ask some people say, oh, I'm having suicidal thoughts. I'm having mental thoughts. Who do you, where do you think the thoughts are coming from? Please, can someone bring down the scripture that talks about casting down every imagination that exalts itself above the knowledge of God? Please bring out that scripture for me. Casting down every imagination that exhausts itself. So there are two types of warfare we tend to have. We have the we have the spiritual warfare that we talked about that we're talking about, based on authority. We also have we also have the warfare of the imagination. Right. So I'm asking for someone to please bring up. Yes. Thank you so much, lady. Um, it is Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse five. It says, "In as much as we." It says, inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings, reasonings in your head, and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself against the true knowledge of God. Where is knowledge? In your head. So you are receiving information in your head that is contrary to the will of God for you. You are having suicidal thought. Where do you think they're coming from? Do you think it's your brain that is just, do you think it's your brain that is just saying, ah, this mess is, um, how will it be? It would be, it would be a lovely idea to just kill yourself. Don't you think so? Let's just experiment death. You think it's your brain that is doing that? You, you think it's your brain that is doing that? Paul is telling you clearly that you should be ready to put up a stand against ideas against knowledge that exalts themselves above the knowledge of God. He says, and we lead every thought, and we, you and I, we lead every thought and purpose away captive. Remember I said we're in a war land. It's captive, so you must be my slave. You must be my prisoner. I'm going to capture you. He says, we lead them away captive into the obedience of Christ. So as I'm having negative thoughts, I'm exercising my authority in Christ and I'm saying you, you, I subject you to the thought of Christ. In me is the mind of Christ. The way Christ thinks, I think. Whatsoever could not be, find in, could, whatsoever could not be found in the mind of Christ cannot be found in my mind. You speak over your mind. I have the mind of Christ, so I do Christly things. I have the mind of God, I do godly things. I do, I do this every time. Every time I do this, it's not, that's why I said it's a daily thing. It's a daily thing. It's not, it's not, um, 
one-off. It's not one-off. So they're not attacking you physically. They're attacking you spiritually. They're not attacking you spiritually. They're attacking you mentally. You need to know that the believer, because he is not a friend of the enemy, he's not a friend of the world, will be attacked. That's I see. The best way I can explain it to you is this. If the devil had his way, the best thing he can do to you is to kill you. Because he knows that if Sunesis remains alive, if Sunesis remains alive, he's going to keep preaching the gospel. He's going to keep setting people free. He's going to keep going to, he's going to keep doing the work of the Father. He's going to keep helping people get in, uh, he's going to keep helping people get to know the Father. He's going to keep moving people out of darkness into light. He's going to go about doing his father. His father in heaven is going to go about doing his father's work. Now, Sunesis is teaching to some over oh, Elizabeth, I think it's about 100 people here, right? Sunesis is teaching people here. These 100 people are going to now replicate what Sunesis is doing. So that's like that's like 100 Sunesis now. Then you people, you people. Maybe say someone like Wumi. Wumi is now going to teach another maybe 200 people. Now it's not going to now be 200 Wumis. So this is, this is the problem. Sunesis is alive. A hundred Sunesis. Then um, Wumi was part of those Sunesis. Wumi now went, taught 200. Because Jesus said greater works shall you do, right? It has to be greater. So Wumi now teaches 200. Then the 200 she teaches, maybe there's a Kemi in there. Kemi now teaches 500. So it keeps going. And then you now have how many people see compound interest? That's the real compound interest. Look at the harvest you're bringing into the kingdom of God. Do you know how many principalities, exponential harvest? Yes. Do you know how many principalities you would have displaced? The, the legal occupants of those bodies. Because those people were living sin, and so the demons had legal right to be there. Now you have taught them the ways of God. You have, you have prayed for them. You've rebuked the spirit of, of, in their lives. You've introduced them to light. They now walk in light. So they have no communion. They have no communion with the agents of darkness. And these agents of light now go on and light up other people. They light up, light up, light up, light up, light up, light up. So it's better. If we had killed Sunesis, this would not have happened. Unfortunately, they can't kill me because the Lord does not authorize that. That's what he told Job. That's what he told Satan concerning Job. He said to Job, he said to Satan, do anything you want to do to him. The test to him. No problem. I allow you to do anything. I want to prove to you that this man is the righteous man. Do anything you want to do to him. But don't touch his soul. Don't touch his life. Do not touch his life. Right? If I'm going to die tomorrow, irrespective of how I die, whether it's Boko Haram that kills me or something like that, right? The killing was inspired by the devil, but it was God that okayed that Sunesi should be a martyr. Maybe you guys don't know. The world is not going to end until the last martyr clocks. The last martyr clocks. You see that in the book of Revelation? All the martyrs they gathered and they said, they said to Jesus, when are you going to avenge our death? The first martyr was, was not Stephen. You know, we only say Stephen is the first martyr. No, Abel was the first martyr. Abel was the first, all right? So from Abel all the way down, they were all saying that um, in the book of Revelations, um, in Paul's vision, they were saying, when are you going to avenge our death? 
And Jesus said, Jesus gave them um, white clothes, white clothes, I think white garments, like, I don't know what it was like, but Isha gave them something white to wear and put crowns on their head, put crowns on their head. And, and he said, your numbers are not complete yet. So there is a number of the amount of martyrs. It's a number. Maybe it's one billion. Maybe it's two million. I don't know. But there's a number. He says, but when your number is complete, then I will avenge your death. So when Stephen, when Stephen was being stoned to death, he did not take God by surprise. God did not go like, hey, hey, Stephen has died. Oh, they're stoning Stephen. Oh, oh. no, no. He didn't take God by surprise. It was programmed into the life of Stephen. God knew. That's why when Stephen was dying, Stephen was also saying that, Lord, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. The Bible says the Lord keeps the evil doer for the day of evil. When God wants to allow evil reign, when God wants to allow evil reign, he doesn't do the evil himself. He just steps aside and lets the evil doer do. He lets Satan do his things. He lets the fallen angels do their thing. They will do their thing. But you see, as they do their thing, their cup um, becomes filled up. It becomes very full. Right? The best way I can explain this is, the best way I can explain this is, you know the way how an FBI or um, the CIA, they know that this person is a criminal, but they don't have enough evidence, enough physical evidence, but they know this person is a criminal. It's just like Judas. In Judas, um, the, in the story of Judas, right? Jesus already knew that this one is the one that is going to betray me. Yet, didn't Jesus send that one out with the 12? He sent, him, he sent Judas on evangelism. Maybe you guys don't know. He sent him out with the 72. He probably came back saying, Master, the demons were subject to us in your name. Why? Because he went, Judas went in the authority of Jesus, right? So uh, maybe you guys don't know. But yet, he had not manifested the betrayal yet. He had not. It was for an appointed time. So was it God that made Judas betray Jesus? No. But did God know that Judas was going to betray Jesus? Yes. In fact, in the prophecy in David, in David's prophecy, when David was prophesying about the Messiah, he said, he said, he said the Lord, he talked about, it was a prophecy where he said the Lord was betrayed by his, by his best friend. Was his best friend or his friend? Yeah. No, by his friend. He said he was betrayed by his friend. So Judas was a friend of Jesus. Hmm? Was betrayed. Now, the only thing they did not prophesy is, they did not prophesy that Judas was going to I have not read anywhere, I've not seen anywhere, maybe if you've seen it, but I've not seen anywhere where, in other words, Judas could have still repented after what he did. He sold Jesus. Hey, Jesus said, any, if, Jesus said, if you deny me in front of my father, I will deny you. Didn't Peter deny Jesus? Didn't Peter deny him? He denied him three times. The problem was that Peter did not know he was capable of doing that. Peter, Peter, Peter had a good heart, but in that moment his faith caved. Jesus didn't deny Jesus. Jesus didn't deny Peter. In fact, what happened was that Jesus had prayed for Peter. Right? Thank you. Someone said, someone said, correct. He chose not to repent. Yes. Judas chose not to repent. That's where I was going. 
Peter repented because Jesus said, when you have, when you have, when you have fallen and you are restored, he says, I prayed for you. But when you are restored, restore your brothers too. That means all the brothers are going to fall. In fact, if you don't read where Jesus was ascending into heaven, he's, the, um, that chapter, there was a place where Jesus scolded them. He scolded them for their hardness of heart that they did not believe he was going to resurrect. They didn't believe he was going to the reason why Jesus is such a big deal to us is because he resurrected. That's the big deal. That's the difference. That's the difference. Right? So he rebuked them for that, for not believing that. Um, so anyway, Peter repented. Judas didn't repent. Judas, Judas went to hang himself. Maybe out of a broken heart. Or I don't know what it was. Not, it was not a broken heart because a broken heart should lead to your repentance. But you know, his sin, his sin drove him away from God. And so he went to kill himself. Um, did God permit Judas to kill himself? Yes, he did. But was it God that killed Judas? No. God can kill him. There are places in the Bible where God killed. Like the story of the rich, the rich man who wanted to increase his ban. And that night, Jesus said in the parable, in the story, rather, that, that that night, God visited the man and said, you fool, this night demanding your soul. The reason why God can demand our soul is because he has the authority over our soul. Jesus said, Jesus said, do not be afraid of the one who destroys the flesh, the one who can kill you. He says, but be afraid, be afraid of the one who can destroy both the flesh and the spirit. Sorry, the flesh and the soul in the afterlife. Right? God has authority over life. So he's free to give and take. He's free. He's free to do that. God took the son that David had with Bathsheba. God took him. Even though David was praying and fasting, Lord, please, please don't do this and everything. God took him. And David said, David switched and stopped fasting and stopped praying and started eating and being merry. And David said, so people were finding that very weird. They were like, um, um, why, why is it that when the son was alive, you were praying and fasting? Now that he's dead, when you're supposed to be mourning, you're not eating and you're calm, you're, you're back to normal. David said, where he is gone to, he cannot come back from. But when I die, I will go and be with him. So if you want to know where children, where children, children go to where they die, right? You know, I just gave you the answer now, right? So it's paradise. So David said, I will go and be with him in paradise. I will go and be with him there. So David was speaking from a visionary point of view, from a prophetic site. Right? Um, yeah, so I think I have romanced your question too much. Your answer, um, I think I have answered it well enough. Sin gives legal rights to the devil. Sin gives legal rights to the devil. Right? Um, you don't want to have anything to do with sin. Now, I'm not saying that you will not sin. I'm just saying that living in sin, having communion, fellowship with sin, or with the agents of darkness, it just means that you, that's the word, you're having communion with them. So you've welcomed them into your house. You've given them, the, um, um, the devil came to knock on your door and say, ah, devil, I've been expecting you, please come, sit down, see my foot, eat, come, take, let me serve you. You're not doing that with Jesus. You're doing that with the devil. <laughs> what do you expect? You've given him legal entrance 
into your apartment. So um, sin, sin gives the enemy legal rights, right? Um, I think for any other question, is there anything I missed out on? There are some questions that we will not take now. We'll take them in the next in the next uh, session. So I'm just looking through. Uh, someone says, I don't know if it is also an attack, but there are times I wake up with scratches on my. It is an attack, my dear. I begin to rebuke it. It's an attack, straight up. It's not. This is not the first time. I have so many people. I have a number of people who have told me this thing. It's an attack. Rebuke it. Sometimes you are being pressed. They're being pressed as you are sleeping. Uh, some people say it's psychological. Why would they say psychological? Nonsense. It's an attack. Rebuke it. It's an attack. Rebuke it. I, I, if I told you that even some thoughts. Have you not? Have you not been thinking? Has it not been days? Has it not been days that you're just thinking nice? You're just thinking pure. All of a sudden, something, something just comes into your mind. Boom, and you're like, where, where did that ugly thought come from? That is an attack. It's the fiery dart of the enemy. It's the fiery dart. In other words, it's the fiery arrow. You know those arrows I used to put fire at the tip? That they, that, rather, that they'll put fire at the tip. Right? They throw it. In those days, they used to build houses with, with, um, um, with grass and, and, and straw and all these things, things that could burn. So when an enemy comes to attack, attack, um, the, the village or the town, what they do is from afar, they put fire on the arrow and they try to target the buildings. So the fiery dart lands on the building and the building catches fire. That's what those thoughts are. They are attacks. Whether it's a scratch thoughts, anything, anything that is not meant to be in your life is an attack. Some of them come violently. Some of them come softly. Some of them, they are good ideas. They don't look threatening. Some of them come with all the violence. Your door is shaking, your house is shaking, or um, you feel like you are being dragged out of your bed and all those stuff. You should know when you are under attack. The first, the, 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 the most, the wisest soldiers, the wisest soldiers are those that know when an attack is imminent and they know what to do to foil the attack you should know when a nation you know sometimes in a dream or even in scriptures a nation you are you are described as a nation so don't be surprised if sometimes you are described as a nation in a dream like a country in a dream right 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 um, um some in scripture it says guard your heart with all diligence that guard means stand stand guard mount guard Wear your armor, stand guard, stand on the fence, you're watchful, watching around to know when the enemy is going to attack and how it's going to attack. This does not mean you should go about suspecting everybody. <laughs> Please remember what I said. I said suspicion is different from discernment. Uh, don't go about suspecting everybody. Someone said, one time I woke up with white powder across my hand. Um, you should ask the Lord what it is. The white powder can be positive, can be negative. Some people, some people wake up, some people are praying with gold dust and gold dust appears. You know, I have never had a gold dust experience. Some of them have some unique ones I've experienced, but not gold dust. You know, um, so you should ask the Lord, what does that mean? Tell the Lord to reveal to you 
find out what your other dreams are like. So remember what I said that sometimes your dreams um, are a thread. You know, you know the way you have a thread in an email, like an email thread. Your dreams, God can do that same thing too with your dreams and visions. He's speaking to you in a com concerning a common subject. So pay attention to the few dreams before that one and the few dreams after that one. If you're under attack in all those dreams, know that then this, this white powder may indicate something in that direction. But if it's something else, you know, God is not scattered in his, in his, in his, in his, in his communication with us. He's not scattered. He connects all the dots. So it's almost as though, you know when you read the Bible, from, for those of you in BSB, right, that you've been studying scriptures, you, you notice that Christ was in the very first letters of the Bible, the very, very first, in the beginning, Genesis was there. So even, even in some of the words, even in some of the um, symbols used to write in the Hebrew text, you will see, you will see things that pointed at Christ thousands of years before Christ showed up on the scene. So it's almost as though God is speaking one long sentence. Even our lives fit into that sentence. So that's why we're in Christ. So imagine Christ. You have bits of Christ. So Genesis is here. Kemi is here. All of them come together. We are all in Christ as one message. I, I said there's something I'm going to teach us. It's... Um, I'm going to talk about, I don't know when I will do this, but it's, I, I think I'll teach about that when I talk about the ways of the prophet. Let me say the ways of the samurai. You have the ways of the prophet. Um, one of the things is that the prophet's life is a simulation. The way you have the characters, God will tell Jeremiah to go and buy land, or he will tell Hosea to go and marry this woman. Now, this woman is going to be like this. This is how the church is. Yes, that has happened in my life. That has happened in my life. If you know my love life, you will know some of my stories. I, as of when it was happening, it didn't make sense to me. I was just, I was a carnal Christian. I was a carnal. So when it was happening, I was not processing things right. It was now that I came into understanding, into maturity. When I was a child, I put away childish things. When I grew up, you know, um, I started to understand the business of my father. Back then, I just used to see my father go to work and come back. Now I follow him to work. I understand his business. Same thing. So um, um, I saw the same pattern was happening in my life. Some of you know my story about my dog, the, the one, the, the Cooper before this one. You know that story. Um, when he died, four or five people reached out to me. That same day, we came back from Danide. We came back, that period, we came back from the hospital outreach, as I just got home. It was as if he was waiting for me to die. Right? He's been sick, so I got home. They told me he was not standing up. So I got home, I carried him, went to the vets, they've given him some shots. We got home. And then the moment we got down from the car, he just slumped. And I kind of like did this chest compression. He came back, he resuscitated. After a while, he just slumped. His tongue came out and I knew he was gone. Carried him into my room. I knew what it meant because I'd had a dream about it in August. This was December. I'd had a dream about it earlier on. In, in, no, I had a dream about it April. In that dream, that dream, that dream also pointed that I should go and study the book of Ezekiel. So Ezekiel, God had taken Ezekiel's wife. As at that time in my life, my dog Cooper was the only thing I cared about so much. I mean, I cared about my family, but I really loved Cooper. 
if for those of you who met Cooper, not this one, the other one, this one's still cool, but the other one, you would understand what I'm trying to say. So I literally, I carried him. I carried him. I cried. This was two years ago. I cried and I entered my room. And I was like, God, what are you trying to teach me? Because I knew he was trying to teach me something. And then I remember the dream where Cooper broke his leash. He broke his leash. No, he never does that. Even, even him, I rarely, I rarely leashed Cooper. Now I'm trying to teach this one the same thing. I rarely leashed him. So I could go into a five-star hotel and Cooper would sit right beside me. You would not even know a dog is in the restaurant. Like that's how well trained he was. He was a gentleman. Right now, um, in that dream, that dream also pointed to me, pointed to something prophetic about Ezekiel. And God was mirroring Ezekiel with my life in that dream. So I had to go study the book of Ezekiel. In that dream, Cooper broke his leash and dissolved into the future. Like he just dissolved. So when he died, I instantly remember that dream. And I knew that God was saying, he's going. Cooper is going to go. But it wasn't about Cooper. He was, he was trying to teach me not to be attached to anything, to anything. So this emotional attachment, sometimes some of you see me and you say like, oh, so this is so hard. It's for my sake. It's for my safety, right? In the military, nobody's trying to placate your emotions. When you're in the military, nobody's trying to placate your emotions. You, you, you tell a soldier, um, oh, sorry, oh, sorry somebody died. Oh, I carry a gun, let's keep shooting. You don't do that nonsense. You don't do that nonsense. It's not because God is, God is not a slave driver, but the atmosphere, the, the kingdom of God suffers violence. There is no time for smesmer, right? There's no time for smesmer. Um, God had told, so um, God had rejected Saul because of Saul's ways. And then um, Samuel was now weeping. Samuel was feeling emotional because Samuel really liked Saul, was emotionally attached to Saul. And God had to call him and say, guy, what's your problem? What's your pro what exactly is your problem? Can't you see that I have rejected him? Now follow me. Let me go and show you a man after my heart, the person I want to use. Follow me. Let's go. I've broken up this relationship. There's no need to be crying over spillbig. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Right? <laughs> So you can't, when, when you're working, when you're working now in the prophetic, when you're working in the prophetic, when we mean the prophetic, when we mean spiritual, when you're spiritually aware, spiritually discerning, you can't, you can't allow yourself to be tossed by emotions. You're allowed to cry, don't get it wrong. Jesus wept, David wept, great men weep. But he told me, he said, great men weep, Jesus wept, David wept. But David, after he wept, he went on to recover all. Jesus, after he wept, he went on to raise Lazarus from the dead. It's not your weeping that is the problem. It's not your emotions that is the problem. It's what do you want to do after that emotional bout? I cry. I told you guys I cry a lot. Oh my goodness, I cry. But it, it, there are things that would have to push me to that point before I can cry. Um, um, yeah. You can... Um, you're allowed to, Jesus said, mourn with those who mourn. But he didn't say that with them. <laughs> do, you, do you get what I'm trying to say, right? Mourn with those who mourn. You, um, God responds to our tears. Satan does not respond to our tears. God responds to our tears, right? You can't ask a demon, why are you attacking me? 
the demon will say, why should I not attack you? <laughs> That's what the demon will say. Why should I not attack you? <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's let's stop there. Um, someone says, please teach us how to fight generational spirit. Just see, generational causes, generational spirit. Just leave darkness and come into light. That's all. If you have if you have no covenant with darkness anymore, you are not under any generational curse. It stops. It stops exactly where you shifted. That's why I said you have no more communion with fellowship. Communion means mental and spiritual exchange. Communion is not communion one. I don't know where we got that nonsense we do. Jesus is not coming to, uh, when Jesus came and said, is, is, uh, he said, I will do this, he says, do this in remembrance of me, all right? He did not say, I'm coming to break communion bread, like that way, break, uh, not break it. Not carry one tiny cup, not drink No. The Lord's communion, the Lord's feast, the Lord's feast. It's a feast. It's a banquet. It's a celebration. Think of a wedding party. It was a Passover feast. That's what they did. Passover feast now translated to the Lord's feast. We call we now call those, we now call that one love feast. They will now call this this, this thing we do away for communion. There's no way in the Bible that's that is no, it's not, not all that, right? So now, you, the word communion does not mean wafer and bread and all those things. No, it, that one is feast. But the word communion, you can check it. It means mental and spiritual exchange. For instance, right now, I am having communion with you. As we're doing this, some of the words I'm saying, a kind of understanding is happening within your mind, Right? God is enabling you guys to understand something. I don't even know what you understand. Some of you will even do a better job at explaining what I'm trying to explain, right? Because the Lord is birthing a different kind of understanding in you. That is that is happening because of communion. Your communion, you're, you're, you're in communion with me. You're in communion with the Lord. We are all in the same spirit. So there is a oneness. There is a oneness. Now, um, if you're in communion with God, you cannot be in communion with darkness. What fellowship has light got to do with darkness? So the moment you get born again, that time, that time you instantly said that, Lord, I welcome you into my life. Lord, take, see my body as your house, as your temple. I surrender it to you. Teach me how to walk with you. I want to know your ways. I want to know you. I want your thoughts to be my thoughts. I want to guide as your son. The moment you did that, you broke covenant with the with the with the works of darkness, and you you struck a new covenant with the works of light. The moment you did that, you broke covenant. You broke your legal right with the works of darkness and with the agents of darkness and with the devil, you broke that covenant. That's why I said it's a legal word. It's a legal word. There's a legal right. You broke it. You cut it. It's like you divorced. You, 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 you did a divorce, right? You separated from marriage with the enemy and you're now married to Christ. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Right? You, 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 
you observe the divorce and so you are now under a different arrangement a different structure so by default by default all the liabilities everything you had christ the blood of christ paid for it that's why i said the authority that you have in christ stems from the blood it stems from what the blood did for you he paid for your sacrifice it paid for your freedom so that entity that is trying to um that is trying to that is trying to lash itself on you and still trying to claim right because you are ignorant that's why it's trying to do that because you're ignorant of what the lord has done for you right now that you have this information take it back to that entity take it back to that entity and tell that entity i no longer belong to you you have no legal jurisdiction here. So I, in the name of Jesus, get out. Right? It's very important. In fact, if you understand this thing very well, Paul said something. Paul said something. If you really understand it, he said, he said, if two people are married and one is a believer and the other one is, not a, is an unbeliever, he said, if they decide to remain married, so one is a believer and one is an unbeliever. So let me say, let me just ask you, two unbelievers got married, right? They love themselves, they got married. Let me use two. They, they love themselves, they got married, right? If this one is a believer and this one is an unbeliever, let me, this can, let me say this is the wife and this is the husband. And the wife, the husband says, look, I, I don't know, I don't understand what you're seeing in this church, in this Christ, in this thing, I don't understand. I have, I have my questions about this thing, all right? But I love you nevertheless. I love you nevertheless. Paul was saying in scriptures, according to scriptures, he says, if these two, if these two decide to remain married, even though one is of the Lord and the other one is not of the Lord, the other one has not committed to the Lord, he said, he said, he said, this is not the Holy Spirit speaking. That's what he said. So that's why I said it's not everything that you read. I know we like to say the Bible is the word of God. Not everything in the Bible is the word of God. The Bible is not the word of God. There are places where God spoke and there are places where men spoke. So Paul was always very careful because people were beginning to take Paul's words as the word of God. No, not everything in the Bible is the word of God. The Bible is not the word of God. The Bible contains the word of God. There are places where men spoke. There are places where Satan spoke. So you understand what I'm trying to say, right? Not everything in the Bible is God speaking to you. You need to be able to discern which one is God speaking to you part time. So Paul, Paul, because people were always taking his words seriously, right? Say, I, Paul has spoken, God must have spoken, right? He then said, look, it's not the spirit that is speaking, it's me. He says, he was trying to say that, look, I have reasoned this thing and I've seen that if a couple, if two couples get, if two couples, one is saved, the other one is not saved. He said, he said, this, the saved spouse sanctifies the word sanctifies to make holy, make pure. The saved spouse sanctifies the unsaved spouse. And their children, their children, their offspring are holy. So this, the anointing of this saved spouse is rubbing off on the whole family. And is shielding the family. That is the position of authority. So maybe your child is not saved. Maybe your son is not saved. And your son still does evil things. You can keep standing in guard for your son. You have a legal right to do that. That was Paul's argument. When you really understand, I don't want to go too deep now, but 
I can take that later on. So when you understand this, this thing called authority, because it's authority, with authority, you wield power, you wield influence, you wield your identity in Christ. You make the demons respond to you. You make everything respond to you. It's your authority that gives you, that makes your prayer work. You cannot show up in a courthouse unless you are a lawyer. You have to be a legal lawyer, right? The same thing. You can't just show up in the gates of, uh, in the courts of heaven and you have no standing. You have to have the authority to stand in front of God. You have to have the authority to do so, right? I hope I'm communicating. I, I'm, I feel like I'm saying so much, so much, so much layered stuff that I can only expand. I don't want to. I don't want to feel like I'm giving you guys information overload. I hope I'm. I hope I'm communicating. Someone says, um, "Okay, okay." All right. So someone says earlier, you mentioned spiritual authority in particular regions. How do says how to grow in authority if God is calling you to a particular territory? If God is calling you to a particular territory, He's giving you the permission to go and influence that territory. That's what He's doing. That's what he's doing. So you go, you go. And the Bible says, uh, so let me, let's go back to the anchor text and close with that. Can we close with that? All right. So what was the anchor text? Uh, if I remember. Um, to them that believe. It's the book of Mark. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, it says in my name, yeah. What is this one? My name. So what's all this authority going to do for us? Our anchor text, which I should have read at the beginning, but I didn't read it at the beginning. It's Mark chapter 16 from verse 17 downwards. This is Jesus just before he ascended. From verse 17. Okay, so let's read from verse 14. Let me read fast. It says, later, Jesus appeared to the 11 disciples. You know, Judas had already killed himself. Jesus appeared to the 11 disciples themselves as they were reclining at the table. Right? They were just chilling at the table. And he called them to account. See, this is what the president did. He called them to account for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who had seen him after he had risen from death. And he said to them, go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. This is a, some of, some of you that are always asking, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? What's my purpose? Says, go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. This creation, some of us think it is only human beings is referring to. I explained to some of us that everything that has a everything that has breath does account. This is my dog. This is my dog that is being sometimes. Sometimes I just look at him and you know you're going to have to account for how you lived on this earth. Right? Sometimes we think it's just us. But um, if you read, if you read what happened before the before the fall of Noah, you would understand it. If you see how God related with the animals, everything that has breath. Everything that has breath must praise the Lord. It's not just human beings. But let's move on. Let's move on. Right? Just preach the gospel to all creation. Remember what Jesus did to the fig tree. Remember he cursed the fig tree. Why did he curse the fig tree? Because the fig tree was not bearing fruit. Was it the season for figs? No. But as long as the Lord who made the fig tree stood in front of that tree, 
to demand for fruit, the fig needed to produce fruit. And then Jesus crushed it. Jesus, Jesus crushed it instantly. So if it can happen to the fig tree, it can happen to Cooper, my dog. If it can happen to Cooper, after all, I already told you guys that God simulated the message through the first Cooper to me, right? When I said I cried. And five people, five people came to confirm that word. Every time they called, I said, yeah, I know, yeah, I know, I know. God was just simply saying, I don't want you to be attached to anything emotionally, anything. So when I tell you to do something, you do it. You're not thinking your emotions. It's not that God doesn't care about my emotions. He does. But it will be a barrier to what he wants to do. So anyway, moving on to this. It says, preach the gospel to all creations. He says, he who has believed in me, this is the criteria, he who has believed in me and has been baptized, in other words, inserted into Christ, not just baptized by water, the baptism by water is good, but not just baptized by water, but baptized in me. You believe, but you're also in me, right? He didn't put the word me here, but he just says, I has been baptized, will be saved from the penalty of God's wrath and judgment. It says, but he who has not believed will be condemned. Now, this is where I'm going. This is where I'm going. It says, these signs will accompany those who have believed. You're not supposed to try to make the signs follow you. They come with you naturally. I found myself in Kaduna. Wahala appears as, 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 as hurricane with Kalabash and leaf in my room, right? I did not ask for it. It just showed up. And the Wahala came into, I gave it my own Wahala, right? So these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. So then, when the Lord Jesus had spoken these to them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Remember what Paul said. Then he now goes on and says, that he was seated at the right hand of God above principalities and powers using what Paul shared, using Paul's revelation. This is the part I wanted to bring out. This is verse 20. He says, and they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord was working with them. But the Lord was in heaven, but he was working with them. But he was in heaven, seated, but he was working with them. So as they were doing these things, the Lord was working with them and confirming the word that he spoke to them by the signs that followed Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of this session. As you go about living this life, this life, this life, this beautiful thing that God has done for us, as you go about doing them, whether it's to a particular region, a particular locality, a particular place, as you go about, as long as you're doing it, as long as you're coming in the name of the Lord. Remember when I said in the name of Jesus means in the authority of Jesus, by whose authority in the name of Jesus. So we don't just say in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. No, it is, <laughs> Jesus said, do not pray like the Gentiles pray for they think by their many words they'll be heard. When you, you they say pray, you're thinking of the amount, the volume of words you want to say. <laughs> no, it's not by that. Sometimes it's just as simple as God is with me and that is enough for me, amen. And that's all. That's all. That's all. That is all. Sometimes go your well. 
your wealth. That's all. It's not you put your hand and you put your legs, you lay heads, you lay everything, you lay body, you lay body parts, everything. It's not all that. Yeah. All you just need is the authority. That's all. That's all you need. That's all. Faith and authority, they all go together, right? So good. Um, so let's stop there. Let's stop there.